right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sunshine and Brain, uh, a podcast where we make conversations about uh, issues related to mental health and inner turmoil and talk about them in the most normal, kind of easygoing way possible. I got to I gotta come up with a faster way to... I got to come up with more, <laughs> more, of a, more of an elevator pitch of, uh, of that. Anyway, so... Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Sunshine and Brain, uh, part of the Perry Veritas Network. Uh, this is uh, episode with Kathleen. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, sort of who she is and you know what this episode's all about. I'm really excited for you to hear it. But first of all, you'll notice that we've got some different theme music kicking us off. Uh, yeah, I was just sort of feeling like the song I was messing with, you know, for the first number of episodes just wasn't wasn't like quite doing it for me. I mean, first of all, <clears throat> it's not, it's not really my style, that, that music, uh, by the way, the, the theme music for sort of everything you hear on both podcasts that I do jokes and also sunshine. Um, I created them on, on a garage band using their loops there. It's sort of a fun kind of mindfulness activity for me. And I, I really enjoy doing it. And so, yeah, the, the closing music that you hear on sunshine and the little drum thing that we do. Uh, those are all loops from GarageBand that I kind of put together for, for these, uh, for these podcasts. And the one, you know, I really like all of them, but the one that I put together for the intro for Sunshine, I, I was just not liking because first of all, it's not so much my style. And second of all, I liked it at first because it's kind of a weird, it's like a, it sounds weird. You know, it's like, Hey, what's following is bizarre. Do you, do you know what I mean? And that was kind of what I liked in the beginning because I think I thought that these conversations that I'd be having would be more on the kind of bizarre, weird side. Like, you know, here's some of the weird things that brains do. And what's turned out is actually these conversations have been really soulful and so much more than, you know, I even sort of dreamed that they would be. So, yeah, this this song, you know, that I'm employing here that I put together. I, I like it a lot. I, it seems to fit more. So I hope you like it too. Uh, we'll see how long it sits. If it doesn't uh, quite fit for me, I'll try something else. But uh, yeah, this is what we're going with. This is what we're going with right now. Any case, uh, yeah, this episode's with Kathleen. Uh, I, I talk about in the episode, you know, how Kathleen and I met and, uh, you know, sort of what our relationship is. And you get a good understanding from it, you know, of it, you know, sort of through our conversation, and everything else. So there's no no need to kind of go too deep into it, but uh, suffice it to say, there are people who have had the conversation. You know, asking the question: Can men and women be friends? <laughs> and there are many people who say, No, it's not possible. Men and women can't be friends. There's too much, too much sexual tension. <laughs> this is so stupid. So yeah, I've never really, never really. Never really had that belief. I've always, I've always had you know platonic friends who are women, and Kathleen is uh, sort of one of my newest ones. Um, as you'll hear uh, in the episode, we did meet on an online dating app, and uh, our initial connection was you know of kind of intention of thinking about potentially being romantic. It didn't actually go in that direction, and what ended up happening was you know so much better in terms of what we could have ever been for each other. And that is we became really, really good friends in a short amount of time and have been a part of each other's, you know, uh, support network uh, throughout the, this whole coronavirus experience. 
And so, you know, she's someone who I reach out to and I'm someone who she reaches out to. We root for each other, you know, we advise each other, you know, but mostly we kind of, we're both sort of yes and people, you know, (laughs) for those of those of us who have like, you know, tooled around in the uh, improv space. Uh, Yes. And meaning, you know, just a a person who, if you toss a joke in their direction, they're not going to deflect it. They're going to absorb it and build upon it and uh, make it so much more fun and everything else. And that's the type of person Kathleen is. And so, you know, we kind of get along famously because of that and not just that, but she's got like an amazing story, like a really unique, totally singular, amazing story And it's not like I had been like working on her to get her on this podcast. It's not like one of those things where like, you know, I was like drilling her (laughs) over and over again (laughs) to join the pod. But I definitely was like in different strategic moments saying, hey, you should really do this. I think it'd be fun. And uh, she finally relented and uh, said yes. And what follows is you know, sort of our conversation. As with uh, everyone else that I've interviewed so far, this is just the first conversation. So she'll be back. And, you know, I hope and I I think you will really, really enjoy this episode, not just for her story, which is great and really quite interesting, uh, but also, you know, for her personality because she's so (laughs) fucking hilarious and entertaining. So yeah, this is a good one. So I think you're going to think you're going to enjoy this. And as always, like and review us where possible, you know, uh, subscribe, share this pod with your friends, uh, your neighbors, your countrymen, all that good stuff. Before we jump into the episode, quick opportunity to sort of check in. As I said before, this is something that I want to be sure to do just to kind of continue to, you know, destigmatize conversations about mental health. Uh, as I mentioned last time, I've been embarking on a eight week sort of dating embargo, (laughs) dating app embargo. Uh, So I've been keeping up with that. That's definitely been, I think, a healthy choice for sure. It's one of those things where you sort of make a a decision and then feel an immense amount of relief from that decision and then know that it was, you know, the right decision. Not that I, you know, don't have fears that I'm missing out or, you know, thoughts of, you know, what if my one is sort of there and and I'm going to, you know, miss out in terms of connecting with her. But at the same time, you really have to know when you're in a place where, you know, it's healthy to connect and where, when you're in a place where, you know, it's time to take a, take a little break. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing. Actually, it's been, like I said, really nice to kind of not have that, you know, sort of pressure of like needing to connect, wanting to connect, you know, and uh, ultimately, I've pulled out of the experience sort of what I need for right now, which is a couple of really good friends and, um, you know, Kathleen being one of them. So, uh, so yeah, there's that. The other thing that I mentioned in this episode is I got this tooth situation I have to deal with. Uh, it's a cavity. It's actually my, my first ever cavity. Uh, one of my molars on the right lower side, like totally split sort of just before <laughs> this whole COVID quarantine thing began. And so all the dentists, you know, kind of closed down and it's not that I was going to like rush into taking care of it in the first place, because especially for things that I feel some anxiety about, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be in a, in a rush to kind of get there and take care of it. So in a weird way, it was kind of a relief that all the dentists were closed and there was nothing I could do about it because I didn't have to like live with this excuse of, you know, here's this uh, thing that I have and 
I'm not doing anything about it. But at some point I, I did have to start living with that. And then, oh man. And then it was just one night where it was like so much pain, so much pain. Like I didn't, I couldn't sleep. Like, oh God, it, it was awful. It was awful. There's a lot of spiraling, you know, 3 a.m. tears, just losing my brain. So, you know, I decided then that I really needed to do something to take care of it. So finally went to the dentist and they took a look at it. And uh, yeah, nice little cavity there. So I have to go get dental surgery and they're going to have to take the tooth out and drill in and put a new tooth in and all kinds of good stuff. So, you know, it's also not something you kind of want to be going through like in the middle, like starting a relationship, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hey, I'm, a, I'm an interesting guy. You can like commit to me, you know, by the way, like, you know, dental surgery in a week and a half. <laughs> That's a little weird. That's a little weird. So let's at least take care of that. Um, and then I also like the idea of getting another, you know, handful of weeks of exercise every day and sort of feeling that much better about myself and being in good shape and, and all that stuff too. So I sort of set a date when I first put the eight week, you know, embargo in place to October 1st or so, I'm not even sure if that was exactly eight weeks. I think it was around there, but that's sort of what felt right. It's it's like getting towards the end of uh, August now. So it's a good solid month and a half uh, more of um, just not having the pressure of, you know, thinking about that stuff. So yeah, good business there. Beyond that, you know, I'd been talking about wanting to figure out how to turn a corner here between, you know, sort of surviving the pandemic and living and just living. Uh, so the first thing I've done is besides for taking a break on the dating apps, I've also done things like, you know, leading into this, I had this like really shitty little workspace for trying to, you know, put together the energy to, to, to do my job as a recruiter uh, from home and, and I was like, this is just not going to work any longer. So I bought like a, not like a super nice desk, but like a legitimate desk that the computer now sits on. And I bought a legitimate office chair that is sitting in front of it and stuff. So I have like a real workspace, which makes a big difference, you know. And then for my daughters, I, I put together this checklist for them of like stuff for them to do, you know, like to make sure that every day they, they're doing these things. And some of them are really simple you know, stuff that they sort of do anyway, like eat three meals a day, take showers, brush their teeth, you know, but then there's other stuff like, you know, make sure you spend, you know, 60 minutes outside, uh, get some exercise, you know, a whole, whole handful of things like that. And then a couple of things that are sort of individual to them based off of their interest in their hobbies, you know, so create art, practice monologues, you know, that, that sort of thing that I know, you know, kind of feeds their soul. And the idea is to, to every day be able to say that, yeah, I've checked off all these things. You know, I've, um, I've done the things that I know I need to do in order to be as healthy and happy as possible and then go to sleep knowing that, you know, you, you handled your business on that day. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, really getting them in the routine of, of doing that checklist, I think, is going to be really good. And then, uh, you know, in terms of what's next after that, you know, it's really getting the school year started for them, um, which for both of them is going to mean, you know, starting up classes on Zoom and, uh, you know, kind of settling into settling into that routine. So, you know, that's that's sort of where that focus is and continuing to work on stuff in therapy, you know, as usual, 
there's like, I don't really ever give myself a break there. Like, you know, there are definitely times where we kind of plateau out, plateau out and then times where we really kind of grow really quickly. Um, it just sort of depends on what's going on, but always w- working in that space for sure. Uh, so that, that, but that much definitely continues. So, yeah, I mean, in a way it's like, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm like love obsessed, but kind of am a little bit. I mean, it is the thing that I want the most, you know, when I think about, you know, how it's going to feel on October 1st, for example, if that's the date that I decide to jump back in, you know, what that's going to feel like on that day, looking back on, you know, just, just having these things taken care of. I think that's going to, that's going to be nice. So, um, yeah, that's basically, basically where I'm at right now. It's pretty nuts. I mean, in, in a way, like my life, my life sort of hasn't changed at all in terms of, you know, what it's been like when we first went on quarantine and what it's like now, you know, I'm, uh, I'm still working from home. I still got my girls at home. I'm still social distancing and all that jazz. Um, the difference is, is that when I go out now, <laughs> the streets are fucking crowded with cars. People are like crowded on beaches. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's some, it's some, it's some scary business right now. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, goodness gracious. Anyway, so not following like any sort of numbers or anything like that in San Diego. You know, I'm just, it just feels kind of morbid to do that. How many people are getting sick right now? But if I was to guess, <laughs> uh, if I was to guess, I'd say we're, we're, we're looking at a pretty significant spike coming up here pretty soon. And that's uh, probably already happening and just going to go ahead and continue to happen as long as, uh, you know, we're all out and huddling together, <laughs> breathing on each other and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, definitely, um, anxious times, anxious times for sure. So yeah, anxiety is the theme for the show today. Uh, that's definitely the theme in terms of, uh, where I'm at right now, managing it, you know, lessening those things that may have caused it in order to focus on things so that I can feel a lot less of it. And, uh, that's the thing that, uh, Kathleen thinks about too. The other quick thing to mention about Kathleen before we dive into the episode, um, I talked, you know, briefly in the beginning of this uh, about how, you know, we are indeed, uh, um, you know, very, very good friends, uh, completely (laughs) platonic friends. It's not like when Harry met met Sally's situation. This is uh, two people who uh, have just kind of found the right space to, you know, uh, be good for each other in exactly the way that uh, that that we need to be at exactly the right time as, as good friends are often able to do. And then the other piece is this is my first uh, interviewee who is choosing to go about this in a, um, in an anonymous way. So you'll note that there's no reference to her last name uh, in the title of this pod. Uh, Kathleen is her first name. Uh, we don't ever mention her last name. Uh, there are a handful of times that she, um, she just talk, you know, she just talk about her kids and their, handful of times that she'll say the name of her daughter, but we bleep that out um, so that you don't actually have a chance to hear that. So there's nothing Google, um, you know, sort of Googleable, 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 nothing Googleable about her in this episode whatsoever. Uh, what you just have here is an awesome person telling a, a really unbelievable story. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. It's a long one, uh, but really, really worthwhile. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy it. She's completely inspirational. 
you know, I, I think uh, you're going to get a get an amazing. Uh, I think you're going to be amazed by her story. Um, so there you go. Let's uh, go ahead and roll the tape. Roll it. <laughs> oh my God! It's happening. It's happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. First of all, isn't this cool? Look how cool this thing is. Yes, very cool. Very cool right? interface. I know. It's like a really cool digital interface. It's for free to download, basically, for like anything and everything that I'd want to do with it. And um, the sound quality is like better than any phone you could ever use, you know? It's like very cool. Seriously. I know. <laughs> There's no like lag or anything either. Very nice. I don't even know, like, I do not know why we call cell phones cell phones anymore. Okay. I mean, is this rhetorical? (laughs) No, I'm just saying they're not phones, like, at all. Okay. So first, let's let's start. Let's walk down the scientific method here. First, define... Define all the parts of the uh, of the experiment. How do you well, define a phone? <laughs> well, I mean, like they are phones. Like they have a phone I mean, function. I mean, I don't use my cell phone to speak on, but that's that is I'm a saying. personal choice. That doesn't saying. mean that's not that's not its intention. <laughs> well, I'm saying like of uh, like of all the people out there who have cell phones, which is like most of the people. Like, what percentage of use of that like? thing are they like you know dedicating to actually using it as a phone i feel like it varies widely by demographic i think my mother only uses her phone as a phone (laughs) yeah yeah like i think that's it so that's what i'm saying like i don't think we should call them cell phones anymore (laughs) portable tablets mini computer i don't know We Uh, we need to start shopping around some alternatives that have a good snappy name for them I had this friend who had the perfect name for it, but I don't know if it would apply across um, across platforms. But the perfect okay. name I heard was uh, uh, Google Box. Google Box. Yeah, it's my Interesting. Google Box. I would make yeah. that a dirty joke in like three microseconds. <laughs> I didn't even, I never, as many times as oh, I heard. Oh, it's too easy. It's too easy. It's funny. I never went there. I like as many times as I heard. I, I feel bad there. for you. That's a shame. That's a I, damn shame. I know. <laughs> you should go there. Everyone should go there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now I'm imagining a vagina with Wi-Fi capabilities. Pretty much. And kind of really small these days. <laughs> vaginas are always awesome. But I feel like I feel like a vagina with Wi-Fi capabilities is like extra awesome. <laughs> I always imagine like talk when about, I go, talk about Netflix and show. <laughs> I have to, I have to go and buy my girls like all their feminine products because they need it, you know. So it's like that that weird moment where you're like, you know, for me at least, single dad, you know, standing in the um in the aisle that has all the products that I need to buy for them, and right. it's like people are either looking at me and interpreting like this is a perv. You know, just like staring at. No one is looking at me. This is, this is the misconception. No one is looking at a guy in that aisle and thinking they're a perv. Everyone is looking <laughs> at a guy in that aisle and thinking he actually has female has females who speak to him. I have never thought a guy in the tampon aisle was a perv. The guy is looking at the condoms. Well, I, I might yeah. second guess, but. I mean, you they know, might, you're buying they... you're buying pads. I'm like, <laughs> do you need some help? Do you want sport mode or do you want secret agent mode? Like, they're. 
Lemon they, or lime flavored. <laughs> they might. <laughs> this is, by the way, this is my first. This I'm about to. I'm about to toss out my first line as proof that like we're very good friends. Um, so what I was about to say is, well, they might think that I'm a perv because I'm like openly masturbating in the aisle oh, right yeah, there. See, see, but I that was so <laughs> questionable. But you know what? That would be just as questionable in like the flower and salt aisle as it is in the pad aisle. That is behavior centric and not aisle dependent. What's worse in Any your mind? Any aisle of the grocery store is problematic for that one, sir. What's What's worse in your mind, though? Someone who like gets really excited by feminine products, or someone who gets really excited by you know flour and salt? I feel like I feel like for me, the flour and salt might be like a little bit more disturbing because at least the feminine products are like human adjacent things. Do you know what I mean? Like. See, did you miss know. the entire American Pie phase? I just think that you're a little early in the I baking never, process. I never saw. Oh, you raise an outstanding point, and I only like saw that movie once, and like just never got into it for some reason. I know it was like a huge thing, but I just never got into that movie for some reason. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, it all circles back to it's more it's more behavioral than location because I mean, <laughs> so. anywhere in the grocery store, I would find some way to find that problematic. Yeah, I don't think there's a good aisle for that. There isn't, so there isn't like a, this isn't like a spectrumal thing at all. There isn't like, you know, it's, it's just all like the same level of problematic. Yeah. The entire store is red. There is no green. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. Anyway, the, the other joke that I was going to say before we went off on this tangent was when I buy their pads, I kind of laugh to myself and I imagine that Apple should make those and call them iPads. Um, and they should have like Wi-Fi access and everything. And I think that would be amazing. Like, because we already have, we already had pads. You know what I mean? Like they invented right. iPads and now we have Talk about iPads. a walking hotspot. I... <laughs> There's no way I can top that. We might as well change topics at this point. <laughs> I think what's going to be no difficult for us no is that I'm we are way about. too good. We are way too good at having six simultaneous conversations. It's going to be really hard for me not to get my punchline in before you are done laughing. I don't have that stand-up comedy timing where I pause for the laugh. I gotta I gotta no, get my one liner in while you're still going. That line was perfect. There is no way to like there's no way to continue. I mean that's like the that's like the end. You know what I mean? When you have like oh. a like a routine well, you're doing, that's like the last line. Oh thank goodness. Maybe everyone everyone yeah. will forget then that I was, you know, saying it while you were referring to your, you know, minor children. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful enough uh, to like overlook that, you think? Yeah. Is I gonna pass? Yeah. Or is this gonna be another bleep wagon joke? No, I think <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna leave. I think we're gonna. We're, I'm hoping that this will be a, a, a bleep free episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. This will be a bleep free episode. I think. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's really funny. All right. So uh, look at first of all, I'm so fucking psyched to be talking to you. It's like crazy. Um, you'll note that I pressed record the second you signed on because I didn't want to have to like do that like moment of like, okay, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause then it's like, right. Yeah, oh, jump, jump right into the deep end. Jump right yeah, in. Yeah. Just go ahead and jump right into the deep end. Um, how are you feeling right now? Do you feel like a little bit more relaxed? Like it's just me and you talking at this point. Oh, that's ridiculous. I, I don't think I know the meaning of the word relax. Well, I could define it, but I, I'm uh, very unfamiliar with the uh, the actual experience. <laughs> no, I'm I'm terrified. I'm uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm really Woo! excited. Um, I not that like I've like been sitting here like plotting 
um, an opportunity to talk with you. Like, oh, absolutely, you have. You have like a, a hairless no. cat in your lap that you're stroking nefariously with your pinky up, all Doctor Evil style. No. <laughs> one million podcasts. No, no, like, like you know, I'm like just so you know happy to be talking to you, generally speaking. Um, and uh, oh, I'm um, fabulous. You know, the fact that we can like do this here, and it's a thing that like may or may not ever go up is like something I'm totally Thank God cool because this is something that is making me feel a lot better. I'm like, yeah. you know what? If it's horrible, yeah. you can just keep it in the can. <laughs> well, so here's here's the scoop. Like I think I told you like kind of how how we like how I do this or whatever, but basically like we'll record the episode and then I'll edit it and then I'll like create the full episode. Like I'll do like the intro and all that shit. And then I'll send it to you. And you'll be and you'll just say to me like never ever put this up ever and, <laughs> and i won't you know or or you'll say to me like put it up but take this this and this out and then we'll do that or you'll say let's put it up but can we record don't, like don't use my minutes? real name don't tag me in it you can use it but keep me anonymous yeah we could do that too we could totally if we were going to invent a name no for matter you, what that's definitely going to be a thing i don't want to be googleable you have are, i said uh, have i said your name yet in this episode no, you oh good wow all right. Funny, you can say my first name, just not my last name. Oh, so we're gonna Google-able. keep. We're gonna keep the first name. We're gonna keep the first name. Should we change your last name to a different name? Do I need two names? I'm like Madonna. I'm like I don't need two names. <laughs> Ricky, bitch. <laughs> All right, that's perfect. That's don't perfect. don't ins- don't insult my notoriety. Come on, I can get by on one name. Maybe I should like call you Kathleen, but we should come up with a symbol like Prince. You know? Oh, there you go. Something like- really unpronounceable or. The lady formerly the known as middle Kathleen. Finger. <laughs> <laughs> middle finger. Oh, you lady. That is awfully generous of you. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. Have you ever figured out what your porn what your porn name is? You is know, it's supposed name? to be like like the street you grew up on and like your first dog or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah so no, what? I'm not going to give you more things that are like. Bank I mean, random and unrelated, but the first thing you did when I said I had a stalker was, you know, they can find your address or your phone number. And I'm like, fuck you. That's horrible. Why are you telling me that? But then you proved that you couldn't. And that made me feel better. Yeah. No, you've done a good job. You've done a good job keeping yourself off the grid. Um, small children. Yeah. Yeah. No, you've done. I just, done really well I, just I, I, I'm not off the grid i'm just very selective with who i let in the barbed wire it's a friend awesome. of mine has this analogy that they taught me about the barbed wire circle it cuts on the way in it cuts on the way out you're safer on the inside of the circle but you know barbed wire <laughs> yo all right so i i just need to like we're gonna like this is gonna be fucking awesome i can already tell like this is like i'm really psyched to see like where this conversation goes before we like get like ahead of ourselves. I have two things I, I just want to tell you first. The first thing is like, just, just to finish, like what the process is like, really, really honestly, like if you don't want it to go up, it's never going to go up. Um, and the other piece is like, basically we're just going to shoot the shit for a little bit. And at some point I'm going to, where it like feels appropriate, I'm just going to say, okay, so look, you know, we're kind of here to talk about like what our personal challenges are and like what our inner, you know, turmoil experience has been. So like, where does your story begin? Um, and then you'll just, you're going to have to hand lead me a little more specifically than where does the story begin too? Cause I, I don't, I don't know where to, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 when I think about like my story, there's like, 
a handful of different like versions of it that I'll tell. And I'd start at a different place depending on like how much I want to tell the story and how important it is that like the person I'm telling it to like, here's the full like scope of it. You know what I mean? So like we've been friends for like a couple months now and um, which is, which is crazy, right? Like a couple months now, it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, and you already know like a ton of my story um, and you know that there's shit that like I've shared with you that I would never share on the pod like at all, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, um, Ditto. <laughs> yeah, like a hundred percent. And like when I tell the story, like there's, if I was going to like tell my story from like the way beginning, like I would go back to like generations before like my grandparents even, do you know what I mean? Like the right. who first fucking came to America. <laughs> like, so there was this fish and he came out of the water and these like, legs happened and then everything went downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, you could start there or you could be like, well, <laughs> apparently there's a multiverse and it's like these giant waves and occasionally oh, they don't, touch. don't you start multiversing me. I will go so far <laughs> down that nerd hole. You will just, you'll get lost. Oh man. Where were you when you found out that they actually discovered the Higgs boson? Fuck. Jesus Christ! No, I, I was I was watching Big Bang Theory the first time I heard Higgs boson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? Well, I got Google that." That's I'm, my, not, I'm a different. I'm a geek nerd, not a not so much the nerd nerd. I mean, I try. I try. That's my 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 best nerd yo mama joke is uh, um it's uh your mama's boobs so small that when you were a baby she suckled you in your Higgs bosom. <laughs> Good Lord. That's good, good right? Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with that shit myself back in like 2011. The whole Is it a compliment or an insult if I say I can tell? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> that's a, that's a, always the best answer when I tell people that I cut my own hair. And, and and I've been doing that for years. Like I just cut my own hair and like, like two people when I've said that have said that to me, I can tell. And that, and that is like the perfect response. I mean, that is like absolutely the perfect response. I have a friend whose favorite thing to say to people on their birthday is, I hope you have a day as amazing as you are, because who knows how amazing she thinks you is. Maybe she's actually telling you, fuck you, and I hope your birthday blows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are there are there any celebrities that like people think that you look like, and then they tell you that you look like them, but you don't necessarily like that they think that you look like them? <laughs> Who is it? Who did you, someone told you you looked like who? One of the guys, uh, one of the guys from The Office. Like, um, the, the new guy. No, it was the guy with the teeth. It was the guy with the teeth from that Bachelor movie in Vegas. Yeah, Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. We had a whole conversation about the guy with the teeth and how one of his teeth really gets fake. Okay, yeah, that guy. I don't see that, by the way. I don't get that. I know, but I get that all the time. And I think it's because. hilarious. I think it's because I'm a I'm like a kind of gangly white guy with squared tiny glasses. Like I think that's I think that's what's he what, doesn't wear glasses. Doesn't he though? No. I think doesn't he in the office? I thought he does. No, unless you're that's Dwight Schrute. That's a different that's a different actor. Right, right. See, I don't watch The Office enough. I, I just don't watch TV. Obviously, my <laughs> goodness. So I don't so anyway, know. So, we can still be friends. Good. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm in the barbed wire. You can't kick me out of it. Yeah, see, I'm stuck with you now. I know exactly, exactly. So um, no, so uh, um, yeah. So like, when we get to that question, like you know, that'll just just be like wherever you feel like starting the story. You know what I mean? Like, uh, however, oh. like 
however you're there. So we'll just, we'll walk our way through yeah. it. We'll walk our way through it. And I already know some of your stories. So maybe we'll like back up, you know, to a certain point. Yeah. Like, you know, there you go. We'll do it that way. We'll do it that way. Okay. So, um, and then the other piece is like, just before we jump into it, like, um, I mean, I, you know, there's like, this is like an opportunity just for cheese. And so if we never like put this up, then like, you just have it. But if we do put it up, like, it's awesome to like, just fucking have this message on Spotify. But like, I mean, you and like one other person are like the only great things that have come out of the online dating experience. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to tell that story. You need to tell the story about how we met. You will tell that story. I, I was I'm gonna, not telling I, that story. You I was going to say, I was going to say, we should probably tell that story because it's great. Yeah. Yeah, um, you, have to, you have to open with how we know each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but like, um, but just to like finish the cheese, like, honestly, you know, like there's been nothing crazier than dealing with quarantine and all that stuff. Um, but when I think about like our friendship, you know, and like how we check in on each other and like how much I love talking to you and how much you love talking, like it, it's really like just such a meaningful thing. And I don't, and I like, I've never like said this to you, but like, having your friendship is definitely one of the things that like for me is like a lifesaver right now because like it's one of the things that makes me feel like not so alone you know what i mean like i know that like on a night like this where i don't have my daughters and like i'm not like exactly sure what to do with myself like we could text each other or spend two fucking hours or something like that doing a podcast and it would be like amazing so I mean, I, you know, I love you like so much, like so much. And I'm so thankful that like our friendship um, is something that's happened. And like, honestly, like as much through like all the craziness of the online dating and the quarantine stuff, like that this came out of it, like makes it completely worth it. For me. Worth. So, yeah. That's a big worth. Yeah. Like a hundred percent like worth it. So, um, so yeah, uh, Kat, you know, Kathleen and I met on online, online dating. Like we were going to be a thing, not just a thing, but like a thing. We were going to be like a thing and we hit it off. Like is that, is that a thing with an A? That's with an a. a. I hear an A, a thing. There's an A in there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, um, yeah, we met, um, which was it? Okay. Cupid. Was that the site we met mm -hmm. on? Mm -hmm. We met on okay. Cupid. And we hit it off like hard and fast. And, um, and there were just a couple of things in particular that like really, really, I think set us in motion. And the thing that like was really the first thing was I have this saying that love is a verb. That's like the saying for me. And you have that as a tattoo. So like I that do. was like the first, like in like the first like realization there was like on my, you know, you know, sort of on my homepage or whatever. What the fuck do you call it? Oh, profile. I'm so old. <laughs> so, um, so on my OkCupid okay, profile, love is a verb is like a sentence that was on there. And I had messaged you and you messaged me back. Um, like love is a verb is a tattoo on my foot. And, um, and it was like, oh my God. And so immediately we hit it off like really fast and really hard. And it was one of those like super intense texting things. And then I think what honestly happened was, was that you had a realization that was like the correct realization that though we were hitting it off so well in terms of our personalities, just the, the nature and design of your life in terms of where it is right now and the nature and design of my life in terms of where I am right now meant that like it wasn't going to be a healthy path for us to try our hand at a romantic partnership. And, um, and rightly so, you were like, 
I don't think this is going <laughs> to, this is not going to work. And it was like really intense. And then a really intense kind of ending. And the last message was, you know, Hey, like get back to me because I think you're awesome. Um, and I think you took it to heart because I don't remember how much time passed between the end of our kind of initial foray into connecting and then um, the friendship thing. Maybe it was a month, maybe two months. Like, I don't remember. But at some point you reached out to me and then there it was. And we've been like fucking peas and carrots ever since. Basically. <laughs> and like been able to like, you know, take our friendship like to a really high level in terms of like, you know, connecting over the phone, like where, where, where we had just text, uh, texted each other, you know, we were then connecting over the phone and then hanging out in person and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the story. Um, is there anything that I missed anything that you'd like want to toss in there? Um, but that's the story as I, as I'm happy to tell it. Yeah. I think my, it was a month and it yeah. was, I'm so sorry for like, cause the way that it was, it was like, Oh my, I just, I can't, this isn't, I can't, I just, you worded yeah. it very nicely, but yeah. that was pretty much, and you have no idea how hard that was for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, obviously. I know, you expressed that. it. But, yeah, you expressed it, you know. Um, And I believe, and a month later it was, I'm really sorry for freaking out and then ghosting on you. So thanks for being so chill about that. Of course. Well, that's. Um, that was know. pretty much right. And then, and then I, have, I have one question. In the What's peas that? and carrots analogy, does that yeah. make sense? Forrest and Jenny, and then which one am I? Because neither one of those is a really favorable analogy. And the what? And the which analogy? Forrest, Forrest and Jenny. We go together oh, like peas and carrots. Which Jenny. one? Or am I Forrest and are you Jenny, or are you Forrest and I'm Jenny? I'm. We're we're both pretty fucked out of direction on that one, right? <laughs> pretty fucked out of direction. Um, I mean, to my knowledge, you know, you never had like a pretty serious heroin addiction that you had to deal with. <laughs> And, you know, um, you know, um, on, on Wednesdays, I do play the guitar naked, though. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wednesdays used to be heroin day for me, but now, yeah. you know, just just uh, just Tuesdays. Um, no, uh, no, but but yeah, um, we, moved, we, we moved to Smack Saturdays. It's a little yeah. more alliterative. Yeah. I, I, by the way, love I love Forrest Gump. Heroin? That's, That's a dangerous five. thing to admit. I love heroin. <laughs> Did I tell you, by the way, I heard an interview with somebody who has done, had done heroin. And he said that when the first time he ever did heroin, he said it felt like a thousand penises had grown off of his body and they were all ejaculating at once. That he had a thousand penises. Okay, you have ejac- told me this, but you told it to me the other direction that he was getting ejaculated on. And I was like, yeah, okay. No, I mean, that's not, not, the, for not the version I meant. That doesn't sound pleasant at all. Um, <laughs> Sounds dangerous, as a matter hey, of fact. Hey, like, hey, we, we do not yuck anybody's yum, okay? <laughs> Good point. Good point. If you want a thousand dicks coming on you, um, more power to you. This there is, is an entire section for you on, on that. You know, there, there is an entire category. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, like, no, the description of, like, growing a thousand dicks and, like, having a thousand of them, and then they're all, you know, orgasming at once. Like, that... I don't know. I mean, that was like a great advertisement for heroin. Sounds exhausting. (laughs) Sounds exhausting. Sounds deflating. My (laughs) Lord. But anyway. So yeah, yeah. I don't think either of us did that. Neither of us fought in Nam. Neither of us are at risk of like running across the country and back a couple of times. And Uh, dibs on Lieutenant Dan. You got him. You got him. Dibs on Jenny. (laughs) 
I mean, she, <laughs> you know, very different character from Princess Buttercup for sure, but like a hundred percent like a childhood, cr- like a crush, and absolutely a childhood crush. Like, my God, she's so that actress. So that explains beautiful. a lot. Does it? <laughs> You know what? She, she did not treat Forrest very well, Joshua. That explains a lot. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what movie I think probably shaped me the most romantically, and this definitely explains a lot. Is uh, say anything? Oh, okay. Have Been a minute seen... since I watched that one. There's a boombox involved. There is a boombox involved. Say anything is like the movie that, and there's like a whole group of like Jewish white guys from the '90s who like wanted to be Lloyd Dobler from that movie. 100% like wanted to just be Lloyd Dobler. And I'm one of those guys. And I watched that movie like within the past couple of years and it does not hold up. Uh, like, wow. Talk about like, um, you know, just like looking, I mean, just idealizing codependency. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of a theme in a lot of those rom-coms. Boy, yeah, not a healthy uh, set of expectations established for relationships there. And those, that doesn't uh, change the fact that I just added that to my very literal watch list. You, <laughs> it's been you a should minute. watch it. It's great. It's great. I've seen it before. It's just been a long time. I feel like that movie and then High Fidelity is like, should really just be one universe. Like um, that, like, Lloyd Dobler, you know, as a kid, and then High Fidelity is Lloyd Dobler as like, of you know, someone my age, like in their, you know, recent, you know, kind of relatively recently single in their mid to late forties, like trying to come to terms with like all the choices you've made in your life. <laughs> see, see, I can see that uh, a far more interesting thing that is, I just recently found out they're in the same universe is Incredibles and. Ratatouille are in the same universe, and that's just more telling of the kind of world that I live in. Yeah, no. Those are the movies that I actually that are actually that made me that made my head go. I did not. And, know uh, that. and I can I, actually actively reference those, and I can't think of the last time I saw High Fidelity either. So it's hard for me to say say anything in High Fidelity should be in the same realm because I can't even remember how either of those movies go. Incredibles right, so. and Ratatouille, though, like those have been seen recently. So all the pop culture references that we like employ through this episode should be like, you know, cartoon movies and like Pixar stuff, huh? They don't have to be. I, I mean, you have to recall, like I can, I can do references. Like I'm, I'm like 110 and you I'm are. like seven. You're 110 years so. old, but most of your pop culture references are like back from like silent movie days. Well, some of them are. I know. <laughs> Many, many. Just a good ones. <laughs> I, I did think it was weird when you referred to yourself as a good Dane. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a little over the top. That's a little over the top. <laughs> I just missed that whole like eighties and nineties phase where I actually should know because like I was a child and teen then because I wasn't allowed to watch television then. I haven't circled back to hit everything yet. So any I'm... any kid movies that came out when I had kids, I know. Yeah. And anything that's like old, I, I I just I miss the things I should know. I I don't I like The Incredibles. Like uh, both movies, I like. Like I think they're pretty good. I love Ratatouille. Yes, love Remy is my dude. I love that movie. But oh. Edna Mode and I, Ed, Edna Mode and I, have a very special relationship. She's my girl. It makes me want to. It makes me want to. Makes me want to cook. You know what I mean? Like every time I watch it, I'm like, I'm making ratatouille. <laughs> it doesn't make me want to cook. It makes me want to find a rat that can cook. That would be amazing. 
<laughs> I think it's weird that David Schwimmer is in it. This, his what? isn't David. Does that doesn't David Schwimmer play the what? dude in Ratatouille? I'm I'm actively fact checking this because what? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's David Schwimmer. Am I right about that? No, Brad Garrett. Wait, Brad Garrett plays the dude. Brad Garrett is Gusteau. Right, but who plays the who plays the young guy? Linguini. Who plays Linguini? Lou Romano. Who's Lou? You don't know him. He does a lot of Pixar voices, but he's not. He's not. No. Doesn't he kind of sound like David Schwimmer though? I guess you can say you mix up all the Jewish men. Um, it would be really inappropriate for me to say that. No, I do not think it sounds like David Schwimmer. Uh, that actually is a classic, like, um, that voice. I, I have a relative that has a voice like that, and it sounds like uh, Garfield's voice. There's like a okay. certain like Gar- Garfieldian quality, like in all the Garfield comics, where it's Garfieldian. like Garfieldian. Yeah, Garfieldian. <laughs> Wow, that rolls interestingly. Doesn't it? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if I like it or I'm offended by it, but maybe that's where the magic lies. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in that zone. <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah. where that Venn diagram overlaps. Oh, oh man, I'm kind of I'm laughing to myself because I'm thinking how funny it is to like, um, you know, have the question of art. So where do your challenges begin? Like just dropping it right <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> they're feeling. So where do your problems begin? Like just throwing it in there. Like <laughs> Well, they all started with the word Garfieldian. Garfieldian. I, I feel like that's like a skill. So this is um a little bit I don't know if you've like if you know people who do that to like names and stuff, or like Garfieldian. Um but uh that's Oh I, like, I make everything into a descriptor. Yeah. Oh you do? Perfect. Oh perfect. yeah. Perfect. It's a, it was a skill set that I built up as a Yankee fan because one of the announcers used to talk about Derek Jeter that way, where he would say that hit was downright Jeterian. And um, and I thought that was really funny. So I started doing the same thing based off of that. <laughs> I love that. But I'm a sucker for a good analogy. I can make anything into an analogy, and then I will ride it until the wheels fall off. See? What's your... Yeah, I did there. Say that? Yeah. Uh, that's it's really good. I, I, I think confuse analogies with similes with uh, um, sort of all those things. So, like, what's your favorite analogy? Do you have one? No. I use them no. constantly. I don't have a favorite. They're just a very useful tool for me. <laughs> Do you have a good recent one? Um, not off the top of my head on the spot while you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an analogy for me asking you for an analogy? No. See? See, direct questions are difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so where do all your problems begin? Um... <laughs> oh, man. So all right, let's let's just let's just do this. Let's just uh, let's just jump into it. So like, okay. for, like for me, like if I'm like, and you've heard most of my story. So if I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, thinking like this is a person I just met. You know, her name is Kathleen. She's awesome. I want her to like hear my story, um, and I'm in the mood to tell it. Like, which doesn't mean like I have the space to sort to sort of tell it. Then like I would probably start with the combination of my two families of my mom's family and my dad's family um and uh, just kind of start with there as like an interesting like beginning to like so yeah this is like where a lot of the great parts of my life and like who i am be, you know begin and this is like where a lot of the kind of tougher parts of my life also begin 
And so for me, it's like a, just a really interesting combination of cultures and backgrounds, you know, where, um, and also personalities where I've got on one hand, my mom, who's a New York Jewish lady and like completely bubbly, um, brilliant, um, was speaking in full sentences at nine months as like an example of how much this person can talk. You know what I mean? Like, she's just like full of words and ideas and energy and all this stuff. And that's like who she is. Um, and my dad, on the other hand, is the quietest person, was the quietest person you could ever have met. Like, if I was calling home and he answered the phone, I was like, is mom okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, has Jesus come back? You know what I mean? Like, right. what's going on here? You know? So, did I, did um, I miss the rapture? What happened? Exactly. Exactly. So, like, you know, two really, really different characters having a big influence on me and you know it made for a really interesting like combination of sort of personality traits inside where like I can talk until the cows come home but like also there'll be like days where I don't fucking say a word you know um and that's just kind of like how that goes so like for me like just wanting to sit down and like talk it out with you like that's that's where it would like maybe start for me like for you, much as I like know your story, you know, there's a really amazing weight loss component to your story that I can't wait to hear you talk about. Um, and there's also an amazing kid part to your story that I can't wait to hear you talk about. And then there's a relationship part to your story that um, maybe leads into that, that we could also talk about as well. And I'm wondering maybe if one of those three places sounds like a place to start. Well, I mean, we're all talking about like, we're like, anxiety is the thing. That's the yeah. big A word right here. We're, mm -hmm. we're, that's what we're talking about. We haven't said it yet. We haven't said yeah. it. my issue is anxiety. Yeah, we haven't said We've it. alluded to it. No. Nope. Yep. I've said I'm nervous as heck, but we haven't yeah. said that's the thing. I have anxiety. So um, were you diagnosed with anxiety? It took a really long time to get like a doctor to say, oh, so maybe that's a problem. Yeah. Um, because it took a couple of it took me a long time to say anything yeah. to a medical professional because they made me nervous. Part of my <laughs> so my anxiety isn't like there's all kinds of different anxieties, right? Mm -hmm. Like they call mine like a generalized anxiety disorder. I mean I can when when I'm comfortable with you, like pray for you because you're in trouble. I will jam your <laughs> damn ear off. But <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when when I'm not comfortable with you I will also talk your ear off, but I will do the thing that we call verbal diarrhea and say way too many things. <laughs> um, so I have like a generalized anxiety sort of, I'm not like panicking that like you're, uh, my car is going to drive off in a ditch and I'm not having like nightmares, panicking stuff. It's like yeah. if my doorbell rings, my heart starts racing. If my right. phone makes a noise, my heart starts racing. If I know I'm recording a podcast tomorrow, I don't sleep the night before. Not because I'm like consciously panicky. I just yeah. can't. And I'm not like, oh my gosh, frantic. I just can't. I can't sleep. I'm What's not. Your... Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, that's okay. What are you going to say? Um, I was going to, I had two things. I had one, I have a question and I have mm -hmm. um, a silly 
little throwaway uh, joke line. Which one do you want? Okay. Um, first one, then the other. I don't always. <laughs> so the the joke line, and then the and then the question. Sure, sure. Uh, so what I was going to say is, so <laughs> by by generalized um, anxiety disorder, so you don't mean like you know, like as in like being sort of a military sort of thing. It's not like a general. It's not oh, like, a, like right, general thing. anxiety, yeah. like the yeah. big salute, like the how I met your mother. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like whenever you see like a high ranking officer, you know, yeah. you, you feel a little nervous. <laughs> see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to salute now every time that I, you know, say that. I don't, I don't say it very often though. So. Yeah, okay, exactly. So what was no, your question? The question I wanted to ask you was like, so first of all, thank you for going through what you went through last night in order to do this. Like, I really appreciate it. I'm curious yeah, where. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. Um, where, where do your, where do your thoughts go at the time? Like, what's your brain doing when you're in that space? Um, I'm mostly just thinking, like, I'm, I'm actively playing through how it will go. I am scripting yeah. the entire thing in my head. I am having an entire conversation, both sides of the conversation anticipating anything that could be asked and a million different ways to answer it. Well, if I say it this way, then this could be being misattributed as a thing. Like yeah. there's jokes about me sending walls and walls and walls of text for like to say nothing, just so that there's absolutely no possibility that I misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> and because I worry that I will be misunderstood. And it's mostly because I'm also, I'm also very, very nice. I don't yeah. want anyone to think that I mean anything mean or I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or have anything be taken in a way that could be seen as a slight or I, I like everyone around me to feel like they don't have to explain themselves and I understand so I'm constantly trying to find the right words so that you know that I understand but I don't want to be making assumptions like tell me anything you want to tell me but like I totally get what you're saying you know yeah I, I, uh, I don't, and I don't want to put you out hundred <laughs> percent I, I don't think I've ever like in a million years um, met anyone as like just naturally giving as you, like your hands. See, down, that's like, that's the problem. That's I that's know. the problem because it also means I have a really hard time saying no and drawing boundaries with people, yep. which yep. means I I usually have to like. That's why I like I besides the fact that saying I can't I don't want to be friends with you anymore I don't want to deal with you anymore is a difficult conversation for me. Like yeah, the the interaction itself is problematic. It's also the Usually by the time I've gotten to that point, it's because you've used me in some way, shape or form or taken advantage of my inability to draw boundaries with you. You've, you've seen my open doors as mm -hmm. an invitation to knock down all the walls. I've got a lot of walls. I don't just let people, yeah. I don't tell, like, I don't tell people my daily, like any, I don't, walls, boxes. You, you, you do it's what safe. I do. It's safe in there. Yeah, you do what I do, but in a um, in a using kind of different techniques, but very similar in a way. But you make people think that they're inside your walls, but they're really not. Like really, really. I not. want them to be. I just it takes a really long time to trust that anyone yeah. is yeah. means well and won't take advantage. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. It, it, I I'm not... uh, what are you gonna say? No. Yeah. No, you have to go this time, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, you know, if I have a sentence to complete, I will continue steamrolling over you. No, no, I need no, to finish the sentence and steamroll. That just meant that I was that that just meant I was trying to finish the idea, and it just it kind of dissipated. So, I was just gonna I was just gonna add to the conversation just to point out that like and this is kind of like one of our shticks that like I do actively try to trick you into telling me how you're doing. 
you do because I will do the whole no no tell me about your day and you'll be like no you need to answer my question first I'm like but yeah. I'm better at making you talk about you I'm not good at talking about me well because and that's the other thing I don't want to bother anybody if you're gonna if, if I'm going to tell you about anything it's because you have directly asked me you have shown you care you know and yeah. I, I would never a presume that anyone gave a crap about my minutia you know yeah. so i'm not like hey guess the, guess what i made for dinner tonight even though i made something bomb or whatever but if you ask what i made for dinner you better bet that i am psyched to tell you that i made this dope-ass roast and let me tell you this thing and you know i so, want people to ask me but i never volunteer it because i don't want to be a bird but i i want to know what's messed up is in the opposite direction, I assume that people will tell me the things that they want to know, and I don't want to pry. So I don't ask the same things that I expect people to ask of me. You have wrong think, Yeah, no, I think that's great, actually. I actually think that I just uh, learned something about you and, and realized what technique I have to use to get information from you. Oh, no, because, I'm giving you all the state secrets. <laughs> no, this is good. This is good, because what I had been... What I had been doing was like lauding great stories from my life over your head just to get you to give me information. You know what I mean? Like that, that was like I'm like, like, yay, story, good for you. That's not gonna make me volunteer shit. I, and I'm like, nope. Like, let's keep talking part. about you. I am I am great at making people talk about themselves. That is my <laughs> thing. That's why people like to hang out with me, because I can talk about you all day long. Well, and I think you you really do come across as genuinely interested, but what it seems like I am. Yeah, but what it seems like is it probably weighs you down later on when you're alone. You know, well, it just means, yeah, and it means that, I mean, it's lonely. When you're not actually in my face, then it means that I'm very much by myself because no one right. is asking me how I'm doing. Right, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. So um, first things first is, like, I'm I'm here to, like, ask you how you're doing. And I think what I learned is that, like. Yeah, and I'm here to evade that. Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> I did get the memo. But I think what I learned is just now is that I have to ask you specifics. You know, that, like, I can't just be like, how are you doing? Because then you'll be I'll like, say I'm fine. How are you? Let's talk yeah. about your day. What's but new with you? See, yeah, I do that. Like, what did you cook for dinner? And what were the, like, activities that you did today? And did you, like, play any video games? Did you, like, whatever? Then I feel like I can maybe get some more information out of you. Well, because I, if I, if it's a direct question, I have to answer it. That's the other thing. I'm so fucking excited. Oh, my God. What a revelation. This is like a breakthrough. I'm so happy we did this show. Damn it. <laughs> Spoiled by hoisted by my own Picard. <laughs> hoisted by your own Picard? Jean-Luc Picard? Um, oh, goodness. Okay. You did not just Trekkie joke me. I just Trekkie joked you. <laughs> you did it. How's it feel? You feel dirty? <laughs> I feel kind of dirty. Will Wheaton, is a, is he is of legal age now. It is okay. He is older than I am. It is okay, even though he was just a child on that show. What an amazing um, career path that man has had to go from Stand By Me to Star Trek to like where I mean, and I guess there was like I recently, love him. He talks about his mental health stuff very openly, <laughs> and I get a kick out of him. And he has cool coffee mugs, so he can stay. He's cool as shit. He's been on a handful of podcasts that I've listened to over the years, mm -hmm, and I, I really mm -hmm. like him. And apparently, there's a really good um, documentary out there right now about. Uh, about um, like celebrity kids, but not just about like the kids who lost their ever loving minds, like Lindsay Lohan, but the kids who mm -hmm. like kind of figured out how to skate through, like uh, Will Wheaton. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's pretty cool. He also does audiobooks. Mm -hmm. He he was the reader of one of my favorite books, Ready Player One, and I get a kick out of it, especially because he has to read a reference to himself in that book. Uh, yeah. Which I'm like, ha ha, fourth wall, Deadpool, woo. 
He has the single greatest um, line to a bully ever in Stand By Me. Do you remember that part? Did you ever see Stand By oh, Me? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, of course, I've seen it a few times, but it's been a hot oh. minute. He's facing down Kiefer Sutherland, and they're, they're like at where the body is. And um, and he they managed he manages to get the gun out of like Kiefer Sutherland's hand. It's only got one bullet, and he's pointing it right at Kiefer Sutherland. And he's like, "What are you going to do? Shoot all of us?" And he goes, "No, Ace, just you." And then that's like that's the line that like convinces them to walk up. You know they're they're going to get their asses kicked like later on, but like uh-huh. that's the line that like convinces him to like run off, and the kids are victorious and stuff. But like single well, greatest, and it's a like, whole commentary on bullies and followers and like, uh, people, and yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, all right. So like, um, like for you, like, where are you comfortable kind of starting your story here? Um, do you want to start with, um, how you, how you got your kids, um, and kind of take it from there? Cause that in itself is a really unique story. Uh, sure. I mean, I guess we could do that. Or we, I mean, if you want to talk about where I've figured out anxiety, we could do that too. That's Let's go back to anxiety. Right. Yeah. So where, where, at one point did you start to like really notice that, um, that you've got some issues with anxiety that might be different than other folks? I didn't like, I just thought I was, I was always hyper and high strung and they always had to shush me and cause that was a nervous energy thing. And uh-huh. I didn't know that it was like a problem until like my brother-in-law pointed out to me, you know, you don't have to like, you, you can just take a deep breath. And have you ever talked to anyone about, you know, anxiety? And I was like, yeah, everyone has anxiety, no, like anxiety disorder. And I was like, disorder. I have a, dis- what a disorder, but really, hmm. And it took so long for me to, because I was like, well, any doctor will just think you're complaining, you know? Right. right. I'm so accustomed to just the brush off. You know, you go in with, let me minimize all, and I hate to be a bother. Let me minimize my issues for you, you know? Right. right. And the first, like, two doctors that I randomly, like, tried to tuck in at the end of, like, a routine physical or something, hey, maybe, like, something about my anxiety, doing, like, the hand wringing, like, actively, like, cold flop sweat like <laughs> yeah. um have you ever thought about maybe doing some meditation or some yoga just take some deep breaths you'll be fine okay yeah, sorry, sorry to bother you absolutely sure that's fine and like and that was like my early 20s and wow. it wasn't until so um yada yada career path um <laughs> i <laughs> jump 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 um I had a really, I guess not a super high pressure job, but it was a lot for, it was more than I really had any business taking on. Responsibility wise, not a problem, but pressure wise. Uh Um, I, through nepotism, luck, and being in the right place at the right time, and okay, I guess I'm not a total dumbass. um, I was one of the youngest ancillary managers for um, a, like an internal smaller department at, um, do I want to say what store? <laughs> is that going to make me more Googleable? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe leave the store out of it, or say the store and I'll beep it. Well, okay. No, I, I worked in hearing aids. Okay, so okay. I worked in hearing aids, and I ended right. up managing my own hearing aids department. I wasn't right. like a standalone hearing aid place. I was inside of a bigger place, <gasps> but wow. so I was managing this department all by myself at like twenty three. Like, and I'm all by myself writing P&L reports and managing everything. Like I got into the field because like the tech, I I was programming hearing aids, the nerd part of programming all of the things, the technology was making big leaps. That that was interesting to me. 
um, having to go to managers meetings and defend sales. And I'm not a, I, I'm never going to be a pressure salesperson. I would be the person saying, okay, you have a little hearing loss, but you know, you could actually be functional for maybe another six to nine months before you mm-hmm. need to think about something. Whereas they're like, no, you need to sell on the top, you know, sales. Stuff. Right. Right. Not, not my forte. I was more like, I'm, I'm dealing with senior citizens, fixed incomes, right. you know, you're, I, I would tell them what they needed instead of the one with the bells and whistles that you knew they were never going to figure out, you know, yeah. or, but you know, you get the ones that have, want the one that they can program with their watch. You show them all the tricks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, um, like my general manager or something was coming for a walkthrough and I had a total, like, I didn't know it was a panic attack at the moment. Like I was just really nervous because your big boss is coming. Right. Uh-huh. And that morning that I knew he was coming, I woke up with this rash. It was just on my cheeks, uh-huh. but within like 12 hours, my entire body was puffy and covered in bumps. Uh-huh. And I had given myself this, I had never had my anxiety manifest so in such a manner that I couldn't hide. Everyone, I was like a walking billboard. Like I, it, I had, I had known that, okay, my hand wringing and, the verbal diarrhea and things. These were like, I'm, I'm nervous. I just get nervous, you know, but I'd never had such a like gigantic physical manifestation. Wow. And that was like, oh shit. Um, and it was there for like three or four days and I didn't want to go ask a doctor about it. What were they going to say? Like yeah. take a bath and oatmeal, like whatever. I knew I, I, it wasn't like I rolled around in poison ivy. Stress gave me the crash. It wasn't like, I just had to wait for my my body to battle it, you know, like, right. I mean, I'm also the first one to be like, no, just, you know, drink some water, take a nap. You'll be fine. Right. You're, you're dying. Uh, we'll get, we'll get to pneumonia later. I had, uh, that's, uh, we'll get to that one. But so okay. I never, <laughs> it factors. I never had anything like that, like happen. And then after that huge body rash, from that point on, I had like it cleared everywhere except on the back of my when my left hand, and I just had this rash in the back of my hand that w- it was there for months and months and months. And it turned out I have psoriasis, and I didn't know because it takes a stress to trigger your first like huge episode of it. It's really mild case, like it's not. I, I don't generally have to deal with it, yeah. but that was the first of three work triggered psoriatic outbreaks that made me go okay this is not the career for me my mental health is failing i am i am floundering i am not doing well yeah um and that's when i first was like okay so i guess anxiety is a thing um yeah i mean you know what's so i think i told you i i actually have something similar only it's not psoriasis it's idiopathic stress-induced angioedema which is just like a swelling of my hands, my feet, mm-hmm. and my lips. And mm-hmm. it's always like in and around like certain dates. Like um, there was one time with that just my ring finger swelled. <laughs> I was like the body is so freaking weird. But the, the right? worst was when my lips would swell because they would just swell until they couldn't stop swelling. And then like, oh, ouch. It's really painful. Like you can't go out. You can't hide it. You can't hide it. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing you can do. There's absolutely, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst, but God, the body is like so crazy. So it manifested. It's so strange. It it manifested in me with the angioedema and it manifested in you with the psoriasis. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's unbelievable. It still took me. It still took me forever to like do take any like super proactive measures about that. But that was the first like, okay, this is a thing, you know? Yeah. No um, doubt. Yeah, and then I like down the road. So I I was at that job, and then I don't know, from like 2007 until I had my son in 2011. Yeah. And I went out on maternity leave and didn't come back. Like I had been plotting and plotting and plotting to make that possible. Huh. And it was a thing. Like that was not, I was not in a situation such that that was financially obvious. Yeah. It was a plotting and saving. And like I was making good money and I was living like I wasn't because I was banking all of that for right. a long time. Right. Um, in order to make that possible. And then through another series of thank goodness, luck, everything worked out the way it should have. This is obviously the way it was supposed to go. I've been able to sustain that. Right. Um, but it was, I was, I was looking at, I was trying to go back to school before that and all this stuff. So I was like, I can't stay in this career. I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I obviously can't handle this, which sucked because like everything else about that job was perfect for me. I was in a soundproof box with one person at a time, not a crowd. It was my forte. Like they came into my field that I could talk and I had a script and it wasn't like the small talk was the same. I had, I had a very interesting maiden name and everyone, like old people love to ask you like, Oh, what an interesting name. What is that from? And I had some great one liners for it and yeah. I could make all my like, Lucille Ball jokes and everyone got them and laughed and like it was great. I was in a tiny, tiny department working with technology and paperwork and silence. It was great, um, but it was just too much pressure. So yeah, um, and then like my first big. So I, I was able just the fact that my lifestyle changed and I was a stay-at-home mom. Then I was able to just okay. Well, I don't have to do anything about this now because the triggers are not as on board. You know. Right. I don't have all that. My, my, my actual life, I've managed to make it so that my day-to-day -day life has mostly kept a lot of that, the worst of it at bay. Um, but I guess now's a good time to introduce my daughter because yeah. my next gigantic, huge, this is more than I can manage was when she started having seizures right. when she was 17. And that's when I went on Lexapro. And that didn't right. go well. But so I guess to back up, I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. She is old now. She's 23 now. Mm -hmm. um, I have, she has been my, mine since she was six. Um, I'm mom. She calls me mama. Um, she's severely autistic. She's primarily nonverbal. Mm -hmm. She has seizures now. Like, that's a thing. Um, those, like I said, didn't manifest until she was 17. But now it is a state of constant vigilance. Uh, that is a Harry Potter joke. And <laughs> I use it to screen people. I know. Oh, you are of the race that knows Joseph. That's also how I use that to screen people. That's from Anne of Green Gables. Old people love me. <laughs> um but so that's always been like a thing also because there's a lot of eggshells that you walk around on. Um, like, I don't know what else to say about. Well, I mean, for, girl. for, for a person with things who has anxiety, I mean, this is one of the things that like really 
attracted me to you in terms of like, just what an amazing, um, awesome human being who like I want in my life is the level of badassery that you sort of bring to the table. I mean, not only have you like, you know, faced through like all the weed whacking that it takes to kind of face through anxiety in order to like pick a date to leave a job that was, you know, like so killing me. <laughs> actually killing you um, and like fight your way through it to that date to set yourself up to be able to leave the job to then take on layers of responsibility, which is, you know, like I, I, I remember what it was like to have babies when there's the sleep monitors there next to you and you're constantly listening to their breathing and my nightstand looks like like the panel of like air traffic control <laughs> talk about Jean-Luc Picard I mean absolutely <laughs> you know what I mean like you're totally like keyed into you know every single one of her movements and everything else and and this is a thing that you've been you know that was the thing about being a parent of a baby which you remember you know with your son and and obviously with her is that like you just know that that stage is going to pass. You know what I mean? Where like SIDS yeah. isn't something to worry about anymore. Yeah. All right. She's like three forever. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. have a permanent three-year-old, but like that's so people say things like badass three. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. It's just, she's just my kid. And that's just what you do when she's just your kid. And she's just been my kid for so long. I am, how old am I now? I don't even know. I'm old. She. <laughs> 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 I think I'm 34. I think I'm 34. I had to think yeah. about that for a second. Yeah, I think yeah. I turned 35 with you. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you know. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm very aware. Um, so, and I, she, I started dating her dad when I was 18. I was literally, it was two weeks after my 18th birthday that yep. I started dating her dad. So she has been in my life for 16, 17 years now. And, and she was, she was six at that time. She was six. So she turned six in June and yeah. I met her dad that November. How quickly did you fall in love with her? She was mine. Immediately, huh? I mean, the it's anytime that you're walking into a situation where there's a kid, there's a lot of, and I didn't know anything. I, I was, I was a kid. Yeah. I don't want to get too far into, you know. No. Yeah. But like, she was, she had a good system, but I could, she needed me. Was it, did it feel like a wand wizard thing? You know what I mean? Like when you met her, was it like, oh, this is mine? Like, no, I was, I was scared shitless. You were scared shitless. No, I was so, scared shitless and she hated me. At what point <laughs> did you, did it, did, did, did she become your mission? Like at what point was like, this is like. I don't know. Not consciously. Not consciously. I guess, well, like I have, this is one of the things that gets hard because like, uh, I'm really careful about the way that I word this. Yeah. With anyone who's, I don't like hurting feelings or anyone yeah. feeling any type of way. And this is, other people have opinions about this. Yeah. And this is why I don't want with my last name. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, she's the reason. Uh, I'm just going to. She's the reason I stayed a lot. Many, 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 many times over the years. She needed yeah. me and she's the reason. She's the reason I was in. She's the reason I stayed. She's the reason I. 
she's the reason I decided this is just what I'm doing. So I'm going to make this work because I'm not, she's mine and I have no rights to her and I'm not going anywhere. And this is what I'm doing. That's amazing. She needed you and you needed her, huh? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, when you're a parent, there aren't a lot of people that go around going, you're doing a great job. There are a few moments where like you get like a parent report card, you know, like, you know, your kid does really well in school or something. You can take some pride in that. Look, I'm doing something right. right. Um, regularly family members that have, you know, known since the day she was born go, you're the best thing that happened. You're, we're so glad that she had you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's necessarily me specific as anyone who, you know, was going to be able to create some stability for her because she was from a split, a split home. You know, when you have autism, routine is a thing. Yeah. When you have autism, doing the same thing the same way all the time is the thing. Yeah. And her, her parents had divorced. So the best case scenario in a divorce is that it's peaceful and you get to split the kids 50, 50. Right. Like, isn't that like the goal? It's peaceful and the kids get to see both their parents. Yep. In an autism situation, that's not necessarily the best situation. Right. Even though it's also the best situation, you know, like it, you can't win for losing sometimes. Like there's just no right answer. Right. Spending 50% of her time in one place and 50% of her time in another was always going to make every single thing difficult for her because she has to do the exact same thing the exact same way 8,000 times just to like pick up a new routine. A hundred percent. I I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on, on, but I'm also super mindful of like trying to choose my words really carefully on this one. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm a, I'm a bleeper name for you, by the way, because I know you want me to do that. Oh crap. I said her name. Okay. Yeah. 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 I got you. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I appreciate that. I mean, okay. So, um, here's a word that I've never thought about you at all, but I wonder if you've heard it before and how much it pisses you off. (laughs) So hold on, hold on to your hat for this question. Okay. But it occurred to me as you were talking and this isn't how I feel about your story at all. I mean, I'm like, I look at your story and I'm just like, every person has their mission. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, Mm -hmm. and different people find it at different ages and you found your mission really young. It doesn't mean it it wasn't like meant to be your mission because like here you are and and think of like all the stuff you've done. I mean, you've taken a human being and, and given her an amazing life, like the most amazing that she could have ever possibly had um, given uh, everything that sort of went on. I'm wondering if anyone has ever like to your face or behind your back been like, Oh, Kathleen has like a martyrdom complex or something like that. Has that ever like been something that's like crossed your plate in terms of responses to your life story? Uh, no one's ever said it to me. I think mostly because I'm I'm very like I have it so easy. I have it so easy. I really do. People hear all the like stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. there are difficult aspects to this. Meltdowns are a thing. I'm great at patching drywall because she puts her head through it. Yeah. She is blind in one eye because she bangs her head on things and detached her retina. She yeah. has seizures. She hits me, spits at me, pinches me. She, I'm her safe place, so I'm her punching bag. She has never, like, seriously, physically hurt anyone except me. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That's how I know she loves me. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's 
one of those things where honestly I have it so easy when in in special needs land. I'm all about silver linings. My thing mm-hmm. is always it could be worse. Yeah. I have it so good. We have there are people in the gray area of special needs lands where it's impossible for them to get access to services that they need because right. people have a difficulty seeing their disability. The yeah. clear cut case. When there are difficult situations, she hasn't heard from her bio mom since she turned 18. She used to visit us. She hasn't heard from this woman in over five years. Hmm. She cries occasionally, but it does not have the like obviously apparent debilitating impact that you know that that kind of thing would have on anyone else. She's a happy person. It's that kind of stuff is like it's not above her. It's beneath her. That shit doesn't matter. She the she knows what's important, and that shit doesn't fucking matter to her. We are so fucking lucky. If I had any other stepdaughter on my hands dealing with that, I would have had the biggest heartbreak to mop up. And we yeah. didn't have to do that. It, it could be so much worse. She is physically able. She's happy. I get to hang out with her all the time. She's never going to bring home some loser dude that I have to be like, seriously, seriously. Yeah. I never have my car insurance. She's <laughs> never going to call me a bitch. She's never going to flip me off. I mean, she gives me the autism flip off. She she tells me to go fuck myself plenty of ways in her own <laughs> way. She does. She she is she's my sassy girl. But I mean, I don't have it bad. And I have the added benefit of I walked into a situation that I knew it was up. I didn't have to go through that thing that all these other special needs parents had to go through where they were you're thinking about you're imagining walking your daughter down the aisle someday and you're imagining her high school graduation and her college graduation and right. grandbabies. And then you have to not only deal with the diagnosis and all the things there are so many, like the early years were so hard. We're, we're in a good place now where it's kind of like life's about keep her happy and do her thing. But there's yep. the early years where you're doing every single therapy under the sun, every diet, okay. everything in the house is covered with text, picture communication cards. Um, you're doing, there's binders and IEP meetings and I've got file cabinets worth of paperwork. Like it's, it was a full-time job. Like we're past all that stuff and all that stuff is so much. And I only had to do that part. I didn't have to also deal with all of my own shit. Right. I had it easy. I, I knew what I knew it, what I was, well, as much as the 18 year old, you know, can know yeah, you know, a very sheltered, you know, clueless 18 year old can know, like I, I, there wasn't. I got my first taste of that when the seizure started. And then I had the like, okay, I understand now that like there is this new thing and you blame yourself. How, how did I contribute to this? And how could I have stopped this? And how can I prevent it? I got my first taste of that. And that extra weight that's always with me now, I didn't have to deal with for 11 years. So I got, lucky there's no martyr shit there's i i got the best job in the world i wonder if you feel lucky in a way too because you know i i think when you raise a kid that has something like extreme autism or down syndrome or anything and you just you just kind of gain a wisdom about life right i mean you know things about the world that maybe other people don't know um and I wonder if you find yourself maybe more thankful than sort of the average bear that you come across, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, I would love to say I am some Buddha Zen master. I am at one with the Zen and the Zen <laughs> is at one with me. And that is just not the case. I don't, I don't know if 
specifically that's a thing. I've always been a, it could be worse, silver linings, find the bright side. Hey, let's like, but, but how about this? But how about that? Like, I've always been a, that's always been my personality. And I think that's why this works so well for me. This right. is why I was made for this so much as this was made for me, as a, opposed right. to like, I learned some great, valuable life lessons. I'm sure that I did. And I'm sure that I'm discounting that in some way, shape, or form. You know, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, like, um, uh, you know, after like my personal struggles with depression, for example, and there's a part of me that's just sort of like, you know, the woe is me, like, oh, come on. Like, why did my life like take this turn? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like, this isn't like how I planned it out, you know, when I was 16 and like imagining, you know, where my path was going to go. And yet, like, here we are. And a part of me definitely is sort of like, ugh, like, go fuck yourself, like, God for, you know, like I'm putting this path before me and that this is like how it went. Um, and then, but then there are a lot of like interactions that I'll have with folks where it's like, oh, right. That's what happens when you never struggle. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, like... Like, oh. oh, you don't know what it's like to be ugly. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you really care about this certain thing. And if you would have had, like, just an ounce of this experience, then you probably wouldn't care about that anymore because you see how stupid it is, right? Stuff like right. that. Um, so there's certainly that. And then the other piece is, like, you learn the thing or two about love, right, in terms of, like, um, how to how to feel it when your kid doesn't exactly express it in a way that would feel awesome. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, um, to cycle back, to, to do a callback as you yeah. comedians say, <laughs> um, my love is a verb tattoo is my tattoo. Yeah. Um, it's when I got it, it was for a couple of reasons. Um, I got that tattoo like a week after I got married and, huh. um, it was, my parents did not come to my wedding and, wow. I was finally had the closest thing I was going to have until she turned 18 to some kind of legally recognized relationship to her in some way, shape or form as at least I'm not just her dad's girlfriend. I'm her dad's wife. I'm her stepmom now. Right. Um, and the whole, my relationship with my parents and my relationship to her thing made that this is, this is my thing. This is my thing. with, And it's thing with me. Like she doesn't say, I love you. You know, it's an right. action. She right. shows me she loves me. I, you don't say, talk is cheap. Words are free. I love words. I'm all about words. It is important to me that like the way that I am understood, I, I over explain because I want my meaning to be meticulous. I agonize over the right, right way to say things because I know that they're important, but yeah. also actions have to back them up. Yeah. And it's easy just to say you love someone and then not do the hard part you know yeah and every time she bit me every time she headbutted me in the face and snapped my glasses in half every time I got black eyes I was just like I know that this is because I'm her safe space and not losing my shit right now because I mean honestly your knee-jerk reaction when someone chomps down on your leg with their teeth and will not let go is to like holy fuck like get the fuck off of me yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. killing me right now 
Yeah. You're going to take that chunk with you. That's attached. I want to keep that belief. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like that not losing my own shit is a constant act of love <laughs> in those. Like it just, it's the every single day, the little shit, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you ever look in the mirror and wonder how you do it? Sometimes. I mean, it's not, this shit's not easy. And when no one is looking and I cry, you know, of course, there's, there's hard days and I don't, it's not, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, you I mean, just kind of you, you you just get up and do it again tomorrow. It's always better in the morning. <laughs> you just kind of keep marching along, right? I mean, you that's know, like it'll, that's... It, tomorrow is always a little bit better, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what are some of the very, t- very Pollyanna, very Pollyanna, very Pollyanna. Old people love me. <laughs> I know. I know. Haley Mills, uh, right one. I cannot wait until my grandma comes to visit and I get I get you two together. That's oh, gonna be, we are going to be besties. That's going to be amazing. That's going to be absolutely amazing. <laughs> my lord. So um, see, that's that's also because I was like the maladjusted small child that hung out with the adults, and everyone goes like, "Oh, you're so mature," and I'm like, "That's because I'm unable to relate to people my own age." <laughs> <laughs> Am I mature or am I messed up? Because I can't go hang out with the other nine-year-olds. I want to hang out with the uh, adults. <laughs> those are some of my favorite kids. Like the those kids that are like seven going on like 78. Well, those. as an adult they are. But as a kid, weren't you like that kid's the weird one? Like they don't – I didn't know what to say to other kids. Like I was always like on the fringes as a child. That didn't help the anxiety stuff. So, or maybe <laughs> they like – it was kind of a, you know, a, a gears. You know, they, they fit together. It's which came first the chicken or the egg you know <laughs> no i i love kids like that those are my favorite kids to work with at camp they they're just hilarious um mm-hmm. you know there's nothing quite like a seven-year-old like quoting groucho Marx. you know what uh-huh. i mean like there's, there's nothing right. like quite like so, that. right so i homeschool also my nine-year-old uh-huh. um and between special needs families and homeschool families i have met the most interesting people because i swear <laughs> they're the two most interesting like demographics uh-huh. and the thing about homeschool kids is they are accustomed to being equal to the adults in the room right. and the one time we had this like co-op thing when Robbie was in like kindergarten and I volunteered in the class they, they always had a couple of parents like in there it was like a couple hours once a week so they can like you know learn to everyone sit quietly and you can't have your own private conversation you listen to the adult like classroom skills you know mm-hmm. And I had this little child come, just want to tell me her entire life story because she was just so accustomed to, well, no, my, my dream that I had last night is just as interesting as this, like, you're trying to teach me the letter A. Like, we're taking turns here, right? Like, your turn, my turn. Like, <laughs> because they're just these children that are, you know, they, they're tiny little adults. They're just, it's, it's, it's hilarious. Right? Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. It's so fun. Um, so, so how do you like, you know, you, you've, you've touched on obviously some of the stressors that you face today, um, especially in, you know, thinking about seizures and things like that. 
Um, do you still get your rashes? Like, have you been getting them or, or do they, do they not come anymore? I have not had one in the longest time. How how have you done that? So what that means is that you've managed your anxiety. Like you've, you've put it on a level that makes it manageable. How do you do that? Like I am, yeah, I'm more aware of the situations that put me in a position where my anxiety is triggered. Um, so the things that make me anxious really are like the judgments of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the person who, you know, I can't ask for more ketchup because I don't want the waiter to think that I am, you know, a asking them to serve me, God forbid, <laughs> or being like difficult or, you know, putting anything on them. Yeah. Um, I, if, if I'm, I'm every mean you see about, here's your water. Thank you. <laughs> here's your meal. Thank you. Your meal is wrong. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> like, that's me. Yeah. So my biggest things are like putting myself in a position where I could be judged by other people. And I, I, so like avoiding things, I just live in a very small world. And because also needs to live in a very small world, we're just like two peas in a pod. It works out well that she likes a routine and regular places because I also like a routine and regular places because that's okay. Well, you know, I'm weird. So it's okay. (laughs) You know, like you guys are like each other's puzzle piece. You know right. what I mean? I've managed, I, I manage it purely by like the situations that I put myself in. Um, I guess I also have more like coping mechanisms. You will hear me say regularly, like you will be like, how's your day today? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm checking boxes. I'm working down the list. Yep. Because I know that if I'm having a bad week, then there are things that I need to do. Like, I don't want to do them. It's not fun for me, but like, I know they'll make me feel better. I run or I, you know, I make sure I log my yoga time. I, yeah. You know, put my phone down for a second. I suck at putting my phone down. You know, um, you play you play video games sometimes. Just sit down. And I play do. Video. I love to. I've actually found that that works so much better for me to turn my brain off because, yeah. like, I love to read, but then my I'm not busy enough when I'm reading, and I will my mind will wander. I love movies and TV shows. It's hard for me to sit still and watch something. I, I end up multitasking, and being distracted. I'm scrolling on my phone. I'm something. You know, video yeah. games keep me my brain busy and my hands busy and I suck but um it's a challenge so I also have like it's not just like it's super easy that I can just glide I have to try so so all of those things together help me turn my brain off that those have been a lifesaver for me especially the last like nine months you found your way to like um these amazing coping mechanisms like on your own Right. Like you weren't like seeing a therapist and you came up with this like group of things like you like figured this shit out by yourself. The list. Well, I mean, I've been my list has been, you know, confirmed by. Oh, good. Yes. You should do those things. You should also journal like yeah. <laughs> mental health professionals have weighed in at this point. Yes. But, okay, good. Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. Do you see a therapist on a regular basis? Not anymore. She ghosted me. I haven't even told you that. We'll get into that. What She's the fuck? Not, I hate her. I know. I told you I didn't like her anyways. Your so therapist I have a recommendation. She goes to me. I'm sure it was just a scheduling error, and I certainly don't have the balls to confront her about it. But yeah, she goes to me. What a bitch! I know, fucker. And I'm like, it was so hard for me, and you rejected. Oh my god! My very first, my very first appointment with her. Yeah. I could not feel my fingers or my nose because when I am super anxious, I lose circulation to my extremities. I actually have Raynaud's, Raynaud's, huh. like. When I am doing cardio and stuff, like my toes turn white, which is probably wow. like I lose all feeling and circulation to my toes. Wow. Um, but my anxiety also triggers that. It's like 
it, that runs along the same gene that psoriasis is on. Huh. Uh, my sister also has it, and she also has psoriatic arthritis, just different manifestations all along the oh, same gene. Shadow wants to go for a walk so bad. No, Shadow hears somebody um, coming into the either my neighbor's apartment or the apartment downstairs, and she's Shadow is like, "You must that. visit me." Scratch yeah. my ear. Yeah, she's very upset at them, and she's being a little vocal now. She it's only ever barks. Place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shadow, shush, we're recording. <laughs> she doesn't know from recording. What does she know from recording? Right. <laughs> so, all right, go on. Um, I don't know what I was saying anymore. What you were talking about? about your coping oh. mechanisms. We were talking about that. Oh, and like my manifestations and stuff of yeah. anxiety. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and that's extra problematic because I do Taekwondo. And you know what's really hard to do when you can't feel any of your toes? Balance on yeah. one foot. Yeah. Um, do spin kicks, do anything. Like, I lose my balance all the time. Like, I am a naturally, I'm a clumsy person anyways. Like, it's yeah. kind of hilarious that this is the sport that I've ended up in, although that has been another lifesaver for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I know. Um, just the fact that I go into a place where there's an entire wall full of mirrors, you think would be, like, enough of a deterrent for me. But, anyway, It's such a, like, you, you could hear, like, uh, you know, I, like, listen to Joe Rogan every now and then, and he talks about, like, um, uh, MMA and like how helpful martial arts are. And, and I like when I say stuff like that, like what he says and those things, like I feel kind of like a stupid man in a weird way where it's just like, it's so <laughs> empowering to know how to throw a punch and take a punch and throw a kick and take a kick. Like it's one of the most important ways that anyone can feel. Like you have to know how to feel that way. But actually the truth is it's like, that's like really true. <laughs> I mean, it's not even so much that with me, so much as it's like the discipline of like yeah. having to show up on a regular basis and do yeah. this thing where I have to focus and move my body. Like moving my body is still kind of new to me, yeah. you know, like, oh, I can do things kind of way, um, which uh, we're calling back again. You mentioned big weight loss thing. We'll get to that too. But yep. um, so that's, that's also been like an inter, like a really important thing to me, but my anxiety makes it very difficult. Like, <laughs> It's a whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But coping mechanisms in the world, it's like I, I've come to them kind of by luck sometimes, or I just have to, I know I'm having a bad, sometimes I just, I know I'm having a bad day and I just have to wallow in it. Sometimes right. the things that are giving me the anxiety, well, I can't do the things that will help. Avoiding the situation is impossible. So I'm just really anxious while I deal with it. Um, some of the absolute best experiences of my life, though, have been when I've said, fuck it. Huh. and just jump um so having a couple of fuck it moments be like life-changing sounds really dramatic but like honestly legit uh accurate yeah. you know yeah the experiences that followed fuck it moments were like big deals for me in terms of dealing with my own shit so, you know, can you give an and have a couple of, no, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, no, I cannot. Um, um, but like they, every single one of them has been like, okay, I'm really fucking glad that I did that. And yeah. that went okay. And it doesn't make me any less terrified to do other things, but it, it makes me also know that, you know, sometimes the things that I'm super terrified of, what's the worst that can happen and 
I can deal with the worst that can happen because whatever else I got out of it was worth it, you know? Right, right. God, that's so... I yeah, Okay, fine. If you don't want me to use the word badass, I won't use the word badass. But it's oh, pretty... You can use it, I just can't. <laughs> it's badass. It's pretty badass. It is. I mean, it really is. Whatever. No, Look, I, I mean... I mean, if if we put like the two of us side by side in terms of, you know, how we did that stuff, like I needed, you know, a therapist to like help me figure out how to sort of find my way out of it. Like I was not going to find my way out of my situation on my own. Like that shit was not happening. You know, there were other times where like I had been maybe in darker places than others, you know, and then you just kind of figure out how to claw your way out of it. But in that, you know, when I was really in my darkest place, there was just no crawling out of it on my own. And I got, I got lucky and then I felt kind of like in the right hands, with, you know, in the right people and all that stuff. I mean, the, your ability to kind of the daily navigation. And I, and I do see this in our friendship, by the way, where, you know, when we check in with each other, it's like, you're checking off boxes. Like you really are like, so mindful of yourself and what your needs are and like what you need to do in order to like balance the needs of the day. And then to figure out how to set yourself up to like wake up the next morning with like the best attitude you could possibly muster off of it, which is pretty fucking inspiring for someone like me, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's badassery for sure. (laughs) Well, anxiety and depression are very different beasts. Like I can look at my anxiety and be like, my brain is a fucking dick. Like this sucks. This is anxiety. Being able to say, I'm totally having like manifestations of anxiety right now, like being able to label it and describe it and say, this is what's happening right now has been helpful to me in managing it. There was a period where I was dealing with depression and there was jack shit I could do about it. So um, I mentioned that after I started having seizures, I went on Lexapro. And I was on that for like two years, I guess. Yes, I really need to look mm-hmm. at the timeline because I don't have like I I need to like I'm really bad with like when things happen. I have to yeah. like write it down and look at an act. Like I need I like lists. I like visuals. I'm a visual. Like I can visualize things really well. I need to like see things visualize. Anyways, <laughs> um, so my anxiety was already really really bad, and then she had this seizure, and it was the most terrifying moment of my entire fucking life. Like the thing that I have sit bolt upright in the middle of the night, nightmare, freak out full sweat nightmares about is seizures having right. seizures while I'm driving or like we don't like she doesn't go in the water anywhere I go I'm within 20 feet of a car not just for melt like it was always mindful because oh if she has a meltdown I always had an escape plan an extraction plan you know yeah. um you have to think 8,000 steps ahead with everything to set her up for success to prepare for the situation get through the situation and then have like three different escape plans to get out of the situation you know so yeah. like being able to think and plan and stuff like is important to the general success of our day always um and it's a necessary thing um but having this seizure thing thrown in the mix out of nowhere all of a sudden at 17 really odd to have late onset seizures like that i didn't know what it was thank goodness we almost didn't go to this thing that we were at that day we were at a um a special needs nonprofit event at a park. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was on the board of this nonprofit, so I had to go, but I knew she was having a rough day. She was real cranky, and I was like, but she'll, she loves, we're going to a park with a splash pad. She'll be psyched. She loves the splash pad. Hmm. Um, 
it'll be great. Even though she's really cranky, we'll turn around when she's there. I'll just use all the powerful rewards. It'll be okay. Thank goodness we went because it meant that when she had this seizure, I was surrounded by other special needs moms that knew it was a seizure. Right. Because I'd never fucking seen a seizure before. I could have been home by myself going, what the hell was going on? Right. I, she was at, at, I thought she was dry land drowning. I was trying to like do CPR and they're like, don't do that. She's having a seizure. <laughs> like, oh, that's okay. I thought she was drowning because she was in the water feature at the splash pad. I thought she like swallowed water or something and she's dry land. She inhaled water. She's dry land drowning. Right. My first thought. Right. I had no idea. I'd never seen a seizure before. She turned blue. It's the most, when she has seizures, it's the most, it is the most terrifying thing you've ever seen in your entire life to like watch your kid die in front of you. Is and it? she does it. She's done it a billion times. She has mass. When she has a seizure, there are massive drop seizures. She is standing okay. up, and then all of a sudden, she is uh, like a marionette with cut strings, and then she starts twitching. Um, Grandma. Like, if she's staying, she's only fallen to, like, she's only been standing when it's happened twice, and so she's a full ground fall. Right. And, you know, the thing that's terrifying about that is it's not the seizure that'll get you, it'll it's cracking it's your head. Fall. Yeah, it's the fall. That'll, yeah, that'll get yeah. you. So there was helmet after that, and I try and keep her seated as much as possible, um, which, you know, is great, you know, for someone who's already relatively sedentary and can't participate in a lot of physical activities. I love the trampoline. I call it the big kid playpen. Right. It's all her cardio in on that. You know, the big gated right. trampoline thing. Amazing. So I, I'm a person who has, um, and we've talked about this like a gazillion times already, but like it's you know, one of the things I love about our friendship is like, we're, we've got very different backgrounds, but we also have a shit ton in common. And, um, one of the things that we have in common is I've, I, I am a person who struggled with his weight, like often in my, in my yeah. past. And I've definitely done like a 70, um, 80 pound weight loss like thing where I like, you know, was up above like 275 or so 280, And then just sort of looked in the mirror and say, okay, it's time to, you know, do something about this and then start swimming and take off 80 pounds over a period of like a year and a half or something like that. So I've like gone on that journey. Um, and when I think back to the process of putting on weight, like it was always a depression thing. There's no question. Um, and it was a combination of, you know, just really being a head in a headspace of not caring about myself and wanting to put weight on. But I think there was also a protection thing there where, you know, cause like for me, it's depression and anxiety. They kind of go hand in hand. And, um, and so it was almost like if I put weight on, then I'm, I've built this barrier around myself and no one can hurt me because no one's going to want to like connect with me in a way that I might actually want in my life. Does that make sense to you? Like mm -hmm. that was like a thing for me. And I'm, I, I didn't like when you and I first met getting back to like the early story, and you sent me some of those like pictures of you and all that stuff. Like you are uh like beautiful. <laughs> like you are like you are a like fine ass woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top shelf up. top shelf grade A. <laughs> <laughs> so bullshit. <laughs> I am not. I am being dead ass serious right now. Like you are freaking gorgeous. And like, and then we connected right. on Instagram and I started scrolling down your Instagram and I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's like, there is like an amazing story here um, of weight loss. Because I think if we go back two years ago or so, I don't know how long ago it was, but you started embarking on this journey and I never 
I never ever in a million years would have guessed that that was like part of your story based off of my mm -hmm. initial reaction to your pictures. Um, like never, ever, ever. So like, there's a piece there. I wonder if anything, first of all, if anything I've said kind of like resonated with you, except for like the hot girl stuff. Cause I know you're always going to resist that. But is there anything here that resonated with you in terms of like, like the initial kind of weight gain, right. Of like building a, a barrier around yourself or it being like a, an expression of depression. I wonder if that sort of jumps out at you. So this gets back into like, there's so many parts of my story that like, because they involve other people, I get really like, like yeah. I have no problem saying, but I would hate for anyone to hear and get mad at me. Mm -hmm. I'm always worried people are going to get mad at me. Um, mm -hmm. Even though it's my story to tell, <laughs> it's my story to tell. Yeah. I still yeah. have a lot of like, life is easier when I don't piss people off mentality. Totally, totally. Um, a lot of, so I started gaining weight over the course of my relationship with my husband uh -huh. um, for a number of reasons uh -huh. that I can label and analyze in depth and see now. Uh -huh. And I, I yep, uh, I, I, I know all the whys now. Yeah. And I was not consciously aware of them at the moment most of the time, but I eat my feelings. Uh -huh. And there were a lot of other things at play. Um so yeah. Um the the like kind of light bulb moment for me was um we had a big flood in our house and there was a lot of like chaos going on and dust in the air from you know drywall getting fixed and tile getting replaced like it was a whole like half my house got had to get like fixed right yeah there's like workers and stress and i'm spending basically like i never leave my house when there's like people in my house i also don't want to be in their space so i basically like lived in the backyard while they're fixing the house back up oh my god and um yada 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 i got pneumonia i got some kind of inhaling some kind of irritants while gardening or from whatever um, gotten out of my lungs and I got pneumonia and huh. I didn't know what it was. And it was a big thing. Like it took, I'm not, I'm the first one to be like, just sleep it off, drink a lot of water. So it's already a long time before I'm seeking medical care on this. I'm like, I'll be fine. It's just uh -huh. a, it's a bug. It's a cold, it's a sucky cold. I'm cool. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, it was elevating to the point of like my fever is very very high for very long periods of time and it's completely unmanageable and i can barely walk or breathe um and it wasn't until like it was really 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 bad that i made a trip to the er and it took three trips to the er for them to catch that it was pneumonia because no one thought a 31 year old had pneumonia yeah um my first visit was because I just had a really, really bad headache with it also. And my fever was not there the second. Like, I waited until I felt okay enough to go to the, like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't go in while I was dying when I could drive myself. Okay, well, I've been having this fever for days, you know. Um, and I just had just the worst headache I've ever had in my entire life. They wanted to talk to me about migraines. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't have a migraine. That's just one of the symptoms of whatever this bigger thing is that's kicking my butt right now. Yeah. The second time they wanted to, well, maybe it's meningitis. Let's give you a spinal tap. I'm like, well, if it's, I can't Jesus. remember which one, whether it's viral or bacterial. I'm like, 
well, if it's the one that you can do something about, I've had it for so many days that I'd be dead. And if it's the other one that isn't going to kill me, you can't do anything about it. It's not treatable. You just got to wait it out. So either way, the spinal tab is just for diagnosis and <laughs> that does me no good. Yeah. So I don't want to expose myself to more. Um, and this never once did they listen to my lungs. The third visit, someone finally listens to my lungs, looks at my lungs. They admit me right away. I'm almost septic. There's talk about my kidneys are failing. My lung, my internal organs are failing. Jesus. I'm, I'm they're, they're talking, they're like whispering where I can't hear them about like, she's septic. Like, does she have like, uh, all of her legal shit? You know, like, is there a, like, all of her stuff? Can, so you, you know? A person with anxiety is overhearing a conversation that's telling you that you could die. Well, but I was like, well, fuck you guys. You don't know shit. I'm not going to die. I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> never once did I think I was going to die. Like all my discharge paperwork has all the scary words on it, but never once did I think I was going to die because pff, I'm too fucking strong for that. I don't have time for that shit. I'll be fine. Just give me, give me whatever you need to fix this. I feel pretty shitty, but I'm not going to die. I'm too stubborn for that. Like I wasn't worried I was gonna die because I was just gonna out stubborn that. But like, yeah, it was a problem. It was a thing. Um, if you were so, if you were a man in the 1700s, you would have been uh, like a forefather of our nation because that's like <laughs> that's like some old school like shit. I forget which like early president like which forefather <laughs> president said that, but it was something like I think it was might have been Lincoln. Which, see how far that got him, but it was something like you know I know that if I schedule meetings, I'm not gonna die. I forget right? who said that. I have things to do. I have yeah. things to do. I yeah. mean, as it was, I needed to get out of the hospital ASAP because, like, no one else knew <laughs> routine. I mean, my daughter was like, yeah. uh, how everyone everyone is floundering at home. Like, it was a whole thing. So yeah. it took me a while to recover from. Like, it's a long pneumonia sucks. You know, like that's where this whole COVID thing freaks me out a little bit because it's like it's not the bug so much as you get the pneumonia and the pneumonia can fuck you up. Like, yeah. out of nowhere, it doesn't matter how old you are. Once it gets in your lungs. You know, shit can go south real fast. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that was my big, like, my body is fragile, but it's also strong. And I can, I don't, life is too short. And I can't die, but also I don't need to live like this. So that was my, like, looking back, my kind of, so that was in, like, like, I was in the hospital over 4th of July. And I was working on consciously okay I, I need to work on my health by like September because it took me I was also like I was still like in bed barely able to do shit for weeks even after they discharged me it took forever for like for me to get back to like my just stamina to be able to like my pulse ox was insane forever and just to be able to move and I was really stubborn like my friends were yelling at me because my house was still like under construction like a day or two out of the hospital I was installing doorknobs but I was sitting on a stool so I was fine I wasn't standing the whole time I installed the doorknobs. It made me really tired to sit on the stool, but the doorknobs needed to go on and no one else you're, was going to do it. So you're probably, I had operating to do. Like, you're probably operating at like 60% lung capacity at that point. If that. So, yeah. I was being generous, I mean, you know? <laughs> I, was, I was actively dying and coordinating with the floor guy at the same time. Before I went <laughs> well, so, you want to, you do want to figure out what floor you're going to land on when you die. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, I was like, I'm dying, but I'm going to try and stay out of your way. So if you need to be in my bedroom right now, like I'll just go die on the couch. Like I'm cool. Don't oh worry. God. Like I'm, I don't think I'm contagious. Like you're fine. Um, oh God. I had things to do. I'm just, I'm stubborn like that. So um, <laughs> that was my big, like, okay moment. And like, I made my official, like I, I was trying to like consciously work on it. I was already down a few by like new year's resolution time, but it was yeah. my, 
I'm making a conscious, this is my thing. So from January 1st, 2017, uh-huh. I don't know if I'm getting the years right. Wait, it's 2020 right now. That's 2019. So no, it's 2018, maybe. Okay. Whatever. Over the course of, like, uh, I, I should probably know these things, like how many months it took me. Long story short, I lost 135 pounds. That's fucking and um, it's like twice what my nine-year-old weighs. I lost two nine-year-olds. You lost two, and then some. He's like he's he's under, he's like barely fifty pounds. So I lost more than two nine-year-olds, which is mind-boggling to me. Like yeah. I look back at pictures and don't recognize myself, but I also look in the mirror and don't recognize myself. Yeah. It, it's you know. Um. So I just kind of avoid. I avoid all of it because in my head, I'm like nothing has changed. Like I'm still, nothing has changed inside my head. So. But you must feel it in terms of like, you know, did you try, well, actually you separated from your ex around that same time, right? Like, no, like that was another, like, it was really the strength, like the, the mental fortitude of, I don't have to live trapped in my own body, like dealing with my own shit and doing that and being like, I can fucking do this with the exact same wave of strength and fortitude of. I don't have to do this anymore either. I want a divorce. Do you feel it in terms of like, um, I mean, both of us have like funny relationships with the dating apps or whatever, but do you feel it in terms of like the folks who reach out to you? You know what I mean? Where it's like, I hate that. None of that feels like an actual compliment to me. It's just fresh meat. Like that. No one telling me superficial things has meant shit to me because they don't know me. If someone that knew me, like, Someone who knows me say things and stuff like that, it, it means more to me. Huh. The things you say mean more to me now than they did when I first met you. They didn't mean jack shit to me. It's just words. You just want to <laughs> What the fuck, man? I thought they it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean, and, and it, it, it just sounds like lies to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. God, um, like, I mean, I, I can barely put my, like, the tippy top of my head above the trenches and get hit with a thousand dicks. Like, I don't, that's <laughs> not, I can. I, if I want compliments, they're easy to get. They don't mean anything, though, because they're not from anyone that matters. Right. They don't right. mean anything. They're worse. Right. Talk to right. Me. That's not my thing. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't, it, it, they literally carry no weight. You said before, like, isn't it at least like a little bit of an ego boost? Not at all. Like, it has absolutely no weight for me. It makes me uncomfortable. Huh. It doesn't mean anything to me unless it's from someone whose opinion I value. It actually and even does. then, I'm like, shut up. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But if Um, I tell you to shut up, it's because you're making me uncomfortable. Not you're making me uncomfortable, and I think you're a bag of crap. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know. It's funny. I think I'm a little bit more shallow than you are along those lines. Like it does make me uncomfortable, but also I do kind of like the attention. Where it's like it just makes me really uncomfortable. Like it just makes you really uncomfortable. Yeah, it does completely. Like that's something that the whole like vanity aspect of it is like difficult for me uh-huh. like i like not hating a picture of myself anymore but i'm also not going to be like here let me send you this picture i'm feeling myself that's not well, my yeah. thing yeah all and i mean i would love someone to have a person in my life that's like what are you wearing oh, i want to see what you like I, I i would love to get that validation but it has yeah. to be like requested and valued like it i'm not gonna i don't just do that that's something else that i really struggle with, with all this because of the way that this worked for me where conquering my own shit 
meant losing weight and getting healthy, which was the exact same life is too short and I need to take care of myself better mentality that got me out of my marriage. I, cause I worry so much about what other people think ridiculously. So mm-hmm. I always think people are going to look at my situation and be like, well, she lost all kinds of weight. And now she thinks that she's just too good. Now she's it's like, it's like uh, old guys who get rich and then try and find their trophy wife or something, you know, like uh. I worry that that's what people will think of me, you know, where it's really more a matter of no see this is one way that I was unhealthy that you could see but there is this other way that I was really unhealthy that you couldn't see and I had to take care of that too right and they work hand in hand often you know I I I used to work with this uh, therapist back in DC who was a really good guy and I'd I'd refer a lot of uh, kids to him um and uh he had this mantra that he preached was that um you know, the way, you know, you say you can't judge a book by its cover when it comes to people. Actually, that's not true. You usually can judge a book by its cover when it comes to people. And it's not like, you know, obviously you can't judge them based off of their race or whatever, but you can judge them based off of like, not judge them, but you can understand sort of where they're coming from based off of. You can get puzzle pieces. Yeah. How how they appear to be You asked once what one of my favorite analogies is, and maybe I do have one. I, everything is a puzzle. I'm all about, I know that I only know some of the pieces and some people can meet someone and like get a good feel for them right away. I'm not good at that. I mean, I can get a vibe with someone like I'm comfortable with you or I'm not, but I am notoriously bad at like figuring out people's like motivations and like, I am way too Hufflepuff, and I can't tell if you're a good Slytherin or a bad Slytherin. Like, there's different kinds. You know? I I purposely surround myself with, like, strong individuals that can speak their minds and have opinions. And because they help me. Like, right. every Hufflepuff needs a Slytherin to back them up, to right. be the voice. I call it, I call it the adultier adult. But I am really bad at, like, reading people right away. I piece puzzles. I know that I don't have the whole picture. And every little piece that I get, like, I might have an idea based on what I can see. But I'm always getting new pieces that give me a better idea of the whole picture, you know? I totally and you can know. tell some things by, like, if you're attentive to people's puzzle pieces. And some of the outside, like, things, they're, they are telling in different ways about what is important to that person or something, you know? One of the things I, I always find about, because I'm a Hufflepuff too, we've talked about this, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I always feel like Hufflepuffs and Slytherins are sort of like the direct opposite of each other. Because like we're always thinking of Slytherins as the bad guys, but they're not the bad guys. You know, like it turned out like Professor Snape was like, you know, the, the goodest of all. Don't the get me started on Snape. He kind of wasn't. He was like fucking the, the dude who would not let go and is still messaging you monthly. Oh, later. that's true. We know, that we know true. him. Yeah, he needs to walk away. I, I, I got one of those too, and let me tell you, it's yeah, creepy when they message you. When they, when they stalk you on social media and message you for months after you last spoke to them, it is not a good look. It is no, scary it's, not, it's not a good I look. I don't enjoy that. <laughs> no. I, I, as someone being actively stalked, I don't enjoy that. That is okay. not a good shoot. You make a good point about Snape. I hadn't, I hadn't taken his, his, uh, character arc from the, from that particular standpoint. He has, he has some redeeming moments, but you know, but no, same. The the thing with Slytherins is it's not that they are, you know, assholes. They're ambitious yeah. and they, you know, put pride. They, I mean, you got people are always like, Oh, Gryffindors. Like, we're, I, I cannot let this turn into an entire Harry Potter thing. 
I will. <laughs> but people are like, oh, Gryffindors are brave. Or Gryffindors are like frat boy jocks who want all the attention. Like, there's different Gryffindors, ways. Gryffindors are fucking self-righteous assholes. You know what I mean? Right? Gryffindor. Oh, I mean, there's, but there's good to all of it. You know, I have best friends who are Gryffindors. I have best friends who are Slytherins. It is, <laughs> they all have their roles. But, you know, but you here's, here's, is like, yeah. Well, this is what I was going to say about Slytherins and Hufflepuffs. I think that Slytherins are hard on the outside, but soft on the inside. And Hufflepuffs are soft on the outside, but hard on the inside. What do you think yeah. about that? Yes. Right? Absolutely. Slytherins yeah. will yell at someone for you, and then I will come along and shank them, and they won't know it's me because they didn't know. They wouldn't expect the, the, the Hufflepuffs to have a yard shank buried out in the yard when they get you in the kitchen. <laughs> and you shake them in the nicest way possible, too. When they turn around and go, yeah. oh, that was lovely, and then they fall. I got, I got yard shanks everywhere. I'm all about kicking <laughs> them in the shins. See, that's my thing. I, My people, my circle, my people, I would do fucking anything for it. Like, I might not be able to stand up for myself, but I will fucking castrate anyone for my humans i know and 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 you go off of instinct in terms of that like you know again we've been friends it's like it's animal it's a very animal thing (laughs) yeah no i i haven't been keeping track of uh, how long our friendship has been but it's been a couple months so far like a few months if anything and and you were you were like the first like my very first foray into okay maybe i'm ready to start dating with you (laughs) so that was what like, how far into quarantine where I was like, okay, well, I've got this nice safety bubble of no one's going to try and meet me right this fucking second. I've got all this, like, socially distanced remote yeah. dating that we can do. Yeah. I've got this this fabulous introvert bubble to, like, dip my toes here. Yeah. And so, you know, that's me. how long I've known you. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing was you. And I'm like, good God, I'm not ready for this. I'm so this was, I, I, I know, I know. I did, I, so I think that was, like, April at some point. Um, okay. Like maybe my, yeah, towards the end of April, maybe because quarantine started like mid March. Yeah, and it, right? it, it might have been March, honestly, because you were one of the first people who I connected with too. Um, I find out. No, yeah. maybe I couldn't. Yeah, so I'm thinking like I, I mean, I couldn't because I would need to go on some. I have all the dating apps are off my phone right now. I'm on break. Same. But um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm so done. Like I tried. I made an effort. I'm like I, I, I and that I just decided that that's not for me because I figured. You, you know, as an anxious person who only does routine and only goes certain places, I was just like, this is the only way I'm ever going to meet anybody new. I don't go no. anywhere. I don't speak yeah. to anyone ever. Like, honestly, everyone else in quarantine is like, oh, no, I can't go anywhere. And I'm like, my routine hasn't changed very much. Um, I, could, I, I, would, I would like go to a speed dating event with you. But I know exactly what it would be. <laughs> I know exactly what it would be. I mean, it, we would do it for the hilarity of it. Um, oh yeah, and, I would be like, let me tell you about all yeah. these jokes I got now. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I would need, be, I, need more, I need more material. My my tight ten needs some reworking. Like, exactly. <laughs> and I would be like, tr- like helping you to like not feel so stressed about going to like a uh, speed dating thing. I'd be like, you know, Kathleen, like we're really not going to meet. We're doing this for shits and giggles. This is why we're doing this. And I'll be like trying. Right. And, and I would be the one who's like trying to like calm you down so we could actually go do it. But meanwhile, I'm feeling just as anxious about it as you are. And I'm like just as much trying to calm myself down by calming you down. You have, you have a task you can distract yeah. from your own peril. This, this right? is exactly it. You express yeah. verbally like how I feel internally and keep to myself a lot of the times. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 100% yeah, no. that's how it goes. I, I, I dipped my toe I had a couple of I met some interesting people you were the best thing that came out of it I have a new friend yeah. now that's good yep. Yep. there were a couple yeah. like 
possibilities but I mean like I said I'm still getting actively stalked like I'm just gonna die alone I'll buy a bunch of cats they'll eat my body so no one has to like deal with that it was the it was the it was the push pull of it for me like I I'm I'm just like what I'm saying to myself is like I'm giving myself an eight-week break to like clean the palate you know what I mean like just like get some other shit in order um and like get things like like i got this tooth thing i haven't told you about that i need to fix i'll tell you about that all. you still haven't done anything about that no i went to the dentist and i'm gonna have to have, it's they're gonna it's gonna be like dental surgery like they're gonna put me under so i'm i'm going like next week to meet with the dental surgeon to like talk with them you know what i mean so it's like i gotta take care of that shit you're at least being um, like proactive i'm being proactive exactly i i I'm finally Okay. I finally I, made. I, it. I take back my middle naming of you. <laughs> exactly. I I finally um uh, made like a a daily checklist for the girls in terms of like just to make sure they're they're getting shit done every day since we're gonna right. be in quarantine forever now apparently like this right. is just what life is um and so it's like I'm doing certain things to like feel like I've got the rest of my life in more control and then in eight weeks I'll just reassess and decide if I want to jump back into the fray. Or not, or stay out of it for a little bit, you know, but that was like kind of what I didn't. Honestly, for me, it was like this constant push pull. It was like this crazy, just constant push pull of like, you see someone's profile, you get like pushed to reach out to them, you know, or pulled by them to reach out to them. And then there's pushback and then there's pulling it. It's just such an unhealthy, like, fucking way to be that I I was like really, really done. And I definitely felt myself get like super anxious about it, but it was only like recently that was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I am definitely for sure done for a little while. from this. It's like, I feel like I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be trying, you know, like it's what I'm supposed to be doing, Right. but it was such a like, like and as a as a female on in that situation, it, it was a very different experience. Like I would yeah. basically turn my profile on for like an hour and then disable it because I would have already so much fucking shit to sift through. Yep. yep. Like yep. just the deluge of like, and again, not not flattering. It, I mean, no. it's just talk, you know. Yeah. And. It was just, it was just so much. And then it's like, okay, well, I guess they seem like maybe I could keep both my kidneys. So I should like say hello to them and give them a shot. Like talking to new people is not my thing either. Like I've just decided that if it's ever going to happen to me again, it's going to fall in my lap because, <laughs> you know, like, and I, that's the other thing too. Is it's, it's, I also have so much anxiety again, because I'm always worried about like, other people's judgments and things like my situation is such that like I have this tiny pool of what I can like what I even want from anybody and what I can offer anybody else like right I have a forever three-year-old I am not letting anyone within spitting distance of this kid like right now I would say ever you know like because she can't get sick like when she gets sick (laughs) she can't get sick but I meant more, you know, a, a metaphorical spitting distance, <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, like there's always the, she's nonverbal, you know, it's always the, oh, well, I thought he was such a good man. And then he was molesting my daughter under my nose, you know, Jesus. like yeah. you, it's all the horror stories. It's why I don't, she doesn't go anywhere because she can't tell me she might not like someone because they told her she couldn't have a tablet. She might not right. like someone because they touched her inappropriately. I'll never know. Right. Right. So she's right. always like, 
my daughter is always in my sight or her dad's sight. Like if she's not with me, she is with him. We don't. And there are like two other people in the world that babysit them. And one of them moved out of state and the other one is very, very busy. And I don't have to ask people for phases, favors. I'm always like, I really, like it has to be a desperate situation of I really, really need this. And then it's totally okay to say, no, do you hate me now? You know, like, so she's always with me 24 seven. I knew this. I I knew this guy. um, I knew this guy who I was his rabbi. um, Really, really sweet guy. Um, He got married kind of later in life. Um, His wife had kids from a previous marriage, and then they wanted to have a kid together. And they had a kid, and they had a daughter who's also severely autistic. Um, And uh, um, then his wife died, like of cancer, like tragically. And then it was just him. Yeah, I can't die. I can't die. Yeah, you can't die. Um, but it was just, it was him and, and his daughter. And um, it was really interesting because, um, fascinatingly, and I wonder if this is because he's a man, he became like the most eligible sought after bachelor of his age group in like the community. Because I think a lot of women looked at him and saw like all the love and it, and it's really one of those things where like, he is like actually one of the best dudes I ever met, like just so patient and caring and kind and giving and, you know, just wonderful, like on every level. And there were women who were like throwing themselves at him at his wife's funeral <laughs> that I was doing. Like, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. So that, that's what well, I'm like. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when I like think about you and like your life, I think like what you are is like a walking billboard of like love, basically. And if you like, if there was ever a person who like wanted to meet someone who like knows how to love, maybe doesn't know how to be loved exactly, but knows how to love, like, then I think it's a person would easily fall in love with you. Like, to be honest, like, and I, and I think like you almost have this like, I know it doesn't like exactly play out this way, but like if anyone's going to dedicate themselves to like building a life with you, like it's going to have to be a really good person, right? Like, wouldn't you think? That's kind of like how I look at it, but I know it doesn't play out that way all the time, but that's like. Yeah, I guess I just kind of look at it more as like, I'm always going to keep anybody like, like it's fucking lonely. It sucks. Yeah, It does. I mean, it's, my life is complicated and it is both surrounded by people constantly, but also very alone mm-hmm. um, because of my custody situation and, you know, doing, you know, peaceful roommates with my ex, which we're mm-hmm. making work pretty well, but is, you know, difficult and problematic yeah. and yeah. people are humans and it's a process. And, mm-hmm. but like, I just, oh, I, I look at the potential that I have to offer anyone else. Like, I'm not looking at, like, what do I want from somebody so much as, like, look at this. This is, I have this small amount that I could even give to anybody yeah. that I wouldn't want to ask for more than what I can even, because, like, like, if I can hang out with you remotely, like, that'd be great. And then, like, see you yeah. once or twice a week, that, that would be enough for me. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, but you know what? Is, I, I'm also in that stage of like, I don't want to share my closet. It's the right. perfect, a master bedroom closet is just right for all of my things. Right. It, right. They fit perfectly. I like my space. 
and my bubble and I want a human but I like my space so like yeah. I need someone who's also independent yeah. <laughs> that yeah. likes their own space and doesn't want like I have enough people that are also dependent on me like I'm not going to cook your dinner and do your laundry. No. Not because yeah, I don't no. think that those are the things that you do when you love somebody. That's that's fine. I, I'm not saying that those aren't the things. I'm just saying I'm not going to be at your house to do it. <laughs> yeah, you need to be with someone who really knows how to take care of themselves. You know? And is happy to do it and can yeah. feel loved without me in their space 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I'm like, but I don't want much. Just say good morning to me and tell me you love me and that I'm pretty and then go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. I mean, I like the way I like, honestly, you know, I think the way that for me, like when we came together and what sort of happened since then is sort of like perfect for me, at least in terms of like meant to the, be yeah, 100% meant to be so like. You know, I know on my side, you know, I feel really understood by you and I definitely like love the friendship and it's the connection. Like when I'm feeling alone, like I know that you're a text away and if you can, you will respond. If you can't, you're just busy. And so, you know, you're doing other things and it never bothers me, but if you can, you will and, and we'll connect, you know? So I hope, uh, I know you, you know, you're going to be slower to ask for help and all that stuff, but I hope, uh, never. You know, Never, feel, uh, never ask for help. <laughs> well, I hope you feel the same way about me. I mean, like, if you're feeling yeah. alone, like you can just reach out to me and I'm here to like, you know, talk to you and all that stuff. And, um, so like, I'm definitely here for me. Um, hey, we've been talking for a little over two hours. Can you believe it? That's horrible. <laughs> how, are, how, are you, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Like I've talked your ear off for two hours? <laughs> no, I think if we like, put the conversation. Like, like we only, the like we only got the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> That's all we did, but, but we could go longer if you want, we could keep talking or we could just say we're tired and maybe let's stop for now. We'll continue the conversation later. I can keep going forever, but this is not particularly uh, packageable. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, the, uh, in terms of like the parts of your story that I know, like we've definitely hit all of it um, in terms of your kids, a little bit about your relationship. I didn't and... even finish my Lexapro story. I got interrupted. Well, get to finish your Lexapro story then. <laughs> I want to hear the rest of that story. Well, I got kind of sidetracked. I started talking about like seizures and shit, but that was the yeah. first time where I got on meds, which was such a thing. Like that was a big deal for me. It was a big deal. And for they me. put me on, right? They put me what on Lexapro of, and Xanax. What is like, Lexapro? What does it do? It's technically it's an antidepressant that they also prescribe for anxiety, I guess. Is it like an uh, SFRI or something? I used to know exactly that. I guess I can look it up right now. Yeah, tell you exactly what it That's is. That's mine. Mine was uh, I was on Trintelix, and that was an SSRI. And it, it is had, an SSRI. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it had um, both antidepressant and anti-anxiety uh, qualities, which is why it was mm -hmm. good for me. But like it, yeah. it fucked with me. Holy fuck, it fucked with me. Oh yeah. So okay. Yeah. So they put me on Lexapro as like my daily medication, and then Xanax was like my rescue med. So uh -huh. like I use the like asthma analogy with like meds and stuff too we've got like yeah. things to keep her at a baseline and things that we do and shit pops off mm -hmm. um so it's the same kind of thing we're like lexapro is like my daily keep things under control and then xanax for was when shit popped off right yeah yeah so like it took a while to even tell if lexapro was doing anything i i i don't know i felt less anxious on a daily basis i guess uh -huh. um 
I, I hate Xanax. I hate it. It would help with the anxiety attacks, but I would feel like I would, the term is Xanax zombie. Um, yeah. I do not understand how people use that like recreationally, but I guess it's kind of like if you need something, then it just brings you down to normal. If you don't need it, then you get some kind of additional effect from it. Like yeah. it just brought me down to not full panic, but then I also felt like a stupid zombie. Yeah. Um, which I hated. I hate being medicated. Like I don't take Advil even unless it's like I really need it. There's swelling, something like it's a fever. Not just yeah. if I have a headache, it's drink some more water, eat some protein, and take a nap. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't take unnecessary medications. I don't run to the doctor the second I have like a cold. You know, you let things run their course. Your body's made to handle a certain amount of shit. Of course. I mean, to a fault, obviously, pneumonia. But yeah, you know. <laughs> But You're that's not quite so, right. So it, it took a right. It took a really long time for me to even say, okay, whatever this medication scenario is, as repugnant as I find it, it's got to be better than what I'm dealing with because I'm a shit human right now. Like I'm not functioning well as a mom or anything. Yeah. Like yeah. So I needed to do something. So um, it took me a long time to realize. It wasn't even until after the fact. Um, I don't remember exactly what got me. I, I was I was doing better with my weight loss, I guess maybe, oh. and that's when I I consciously decided to wean myself off the Lexapro. Huh. Um, and it wasn't until I was fully off it that I realized that I was completely depressed the entire time that I was on Lexapro. Mm -hmm. I had never had depression issues before. Um, I mean, you know, you get like rough days and shit, but nothing that I would categorize as this is clinical depression. I'm having difficulty getting out of bed. I am not functioning well as a human. My laundry is getting undone I don't want to shower like all the things that kind of check clinical depression boxes I'd never really experienced yeah. until Lexapro taking that medication I had spent six months in bed um it you on it gave you a serotonin imbalance yeah so I had just had this seizure and so I was already dealing with a lot of shit there um she I put a queen-sized room in her bed in her queen-sized bed in her room and I slept in there with her because I, she was, baby monitors would no longer suffice. I'd always had a yeah. baby monitor on her no matter where she was. But yeah. I tried to ask, especially as she was getting older, I tried to give her like the semblance of privacy and independence. Yeah. But I always have eyeballs on her. Yeah. I can always see or hear her no matter where she is. And I know every noise that she makes and whether it's a bad noise or a good noise. You know, like when you have an infant, you know, it's like, okay, that cry is just they're a little fussy, but they'll go back down. They're fine. Yeah. Or, you know things are a mess, things are popping off, they need something, you know? Yeah. Um, so that no longer was enough. I moved into her room and I was on her like white on rice. And I just, between, I mean, there were obviously other things going on. My kid had just died in front of me and then she did it a few more times. Like she still right. has seizures. They're not, we're, we're a few months away, like out from one right now, but they still happen. Yeah. But it's a brand new thing and it's terrifying. And I got this medication on board and I, I would feed the kids and then let's go hang out room and i basically spent all day on that bed God. i wasn't sleeping all day but i was on that bed all day every day for like six solid months yeah um and then even when i was getting to the point of i was more functional and like a like just routine of daily life things had to happen like mm -hmm. i was still making things happen like school and things were still happening we were just isn't it great how flexible we can be? These iPads are great. Let's just sit in the bed while we do it. You know, like we're just yeah, being course. flexible. We're keeping yep. seated all the time, you know? No, but you were. But there were other ways to do that. That was also, yeah, it was also just, you know, it wasn't good. 
And yeah. looking back, I, I felt like I was dealing really well with some really crappy, heavy shit. But, like, it was not peak dealing. It's not how I, I in my, in my, in healthy mental state, it is not how I think it should have been dealt with. I judge it a lot. So I know that it was not the way it should have been. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was the best that I could do. And I thought I was doing pretty okay with it, you know? And it was, it was, it totally was. I mean, right? you're not wrong. I mean, it a hundred percent was. Um, do you look at that time as like, uh, and it, like one of your rock bottoms? Yes. It yeah. was not, I don't know about rock bottom so much as it was one of the hardest time periods. Cause yeah. I was dealing, there was just a lot that it was, it, there were so many things on board. There were all the things that I already had on board that were constant and exacerbated by the new things, mm-hmm. plus all the new things. You know, there was not just the seizures and the worry about the mental, about the, like the, that, you know, um, physical condition in and of itself. There was all the things that had to be done because of that. There were, you know, MRIs and neurological visits and none of these things go well with, you know, she has to be fully knocked out for an MRI. She had this seizure when she was 17 and the the neurologist was booked so far out. Their first appointment was two weeks before her 18th birthday. And then they said, well, but she's going to be 18 in two weeks. So we can't take her. We're a pediatric neurologist. But the adult neurologist won't schedule her until she's 18. So we couldn't even schedule the appointment. So you can't get the MRI to find out if there's something like, I just figured she's been banging your head on shit for years. You try and stop her, but she always gets a couple of bangs in before you get there. I mean, I've got got a file an inch and a half thick from all the nurses' notes home from school. She was in public school until she was a sophomore. I started homeschooling her sophomore year of high school. Because every time that she bangs her head on something, you get a concussion watch report. They have to document a head injury. I've got so many of those. It's ridiculous. You know, like, and that's concrete, asphalt. The very first time I've ever left alone with this child, she drops to her knees and starts banging her head on the floor. Like, you felt helpless. Behavior, yeah. You felt completely helpless. I just figured she's having this, it's just, it's all these things. There was, there was a lot of stuff. So I just, I figured I was dealing well with all this new special needs stuff. And that was just a lot on, on its face. That would have been a difficult, hard, depression inducing maybe even on its own you know without this extra other thing that I, that I threw into the mix where then I didn't even have my it'll all be better tomorrow mentality very shiny outlook you know like that's yeah. gotten me through a lot of shit just by my nature <laughs> it's why I've I'm able to do this and not I'm able to do this you're just able to do it. And so in a way, like, and this, this, like, this experience with Lexapro, is this prior to your pneumonia when you were like, oh, yeah. fuck. okay, so yeah, so you hit the Lexapro and by the way, SSRIs, what do they do? They make yeah. you gain weight, of course. Yeah. They, well, they... that was, I, don't, I didn't even really notice so much because I wasn't weighing myself on a regular basis. I was gigantic. Right. I didn't care. Whatever. Right. right. I did. And, yeah. and I, I also... Mean... Yeah, I also um, definitely felt my sex drive go down. I mean, um, all that stuff, like that, all that stuff, like totally changes. Um, and it definitely fucked with me, like starting to take it, and then it fucked with me going off of it, like on both ends. It fucked with me, and it's such a it's such a mind fuck in the first place taking those things because, like, I don't know, I don't know, like if you read the instructions when you first got Lex- Lexapro, probably, but if yours were the same as mine, the very first line is. We don't know why this does what it does. <laughs> it's like, right. oh my god! And I'm supposed to be. Eating and it's it? always like, and also if this gives you like suicidal ideations, contact your doctor Stop right away. Like, oh great! Awesome. Well, I'm already fucking depressed, 
So, like, how I, am I supposed to know? Like, because suicidal ideations were like, you know, you're like, are these like, new or are these old? Yeah, this is like my morning. You know? or am I just like, <laughs> am I watering the old plant, or is this like a new seed sprouting? I can't tell. <laughs> but you came to a moment where you decided to take control. I wonder, did um, did wanting to be able to be more physically capable of handling your daughter's um, uh, seizures was that an additional motivation for losing weight? Um, I mean, the whole I can never die thing factored. Yeah. It was really more like I had to get more to a place like the canning the Lexapro happened before, like around the same time, like with the same year, you know, but like months before the pneumonia thing. Yeah. Um, where it had kind of been like, I was already kind of like on this journey of, okay, I'm not feeling good on this. I, and I, I already knew that like Xanax zombie, I had dropped the Xanax already because I felt like shit. Yes, it made the actual, like, the the reason that I got to the point where medication was even a thing was because anxiety hurts. Like, it physically hurts me when my anxiety is really bad. My chest hurts. My body hurts. I get this knot in my shoulder when I'm extra stressed or anxious for a long time, and it hurts. Like, it, it physically is painful for me when I am uncomfortable because it rises to the point of manifesting itself physically yeah Yeah. it it hurts my body so that physical pain was excruciating enough that I was I was like I need to try something but becoming a zombie was so like that's the reason I had avoided it for so long in the first place because I cannot be under 100% I need to be on all the time yeah you know this You're is why older. I have issues with this yeah. is why I have issues with anything that makes you not capable of being on when you are supposed to be on. Yep. Yep. No, um, you're 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 the same as like a marine in like, you know, Iraq or something like that. I I'm mean, just I'm on call. I'm a doctor on call or whatever. Yep. You know, like yep. I, I'm I'm a taxi driver on call. I'm not important enough to be a doctor, but like, you know, if, if I get a call I need to be able to deal with it. No, you're constantly on you're constantly on. I might get breaks, but I'm still on. Yeah. Even when I'm supposed to be off because of the way I have structured my life post yeah. breakup with my husband, yeah. I am, I am still, the, the point is that I'm accessible because we, we rise above typical circumstances and it could yep. be a medical emergency. Yep. You know? Oh man. You're, you're, um, you're completely inspirational. I'm not. I'm just, this is literally a million people do the exact same thing every day. And it's just, it's just what you do. Cause it's what you have Fine. to do. Fine. So then they're all inspirational. <laughs> it's just, I never know what to say when people say stuff like that. Like it made, it's like, it's like, it. it's like, what do you do when people sing you happy birthday? Like, no, I just, just I just, I just needed to, I appreciate that you think that it is important to me that you think highly of me. It is important to me that people that matter to me see me and appreciate these things that I do because they are who I am, but I don't do them because I'm trying to like, I, it's just what I'm doing. It's I want to be thought well of because I want you to like me. Yeah. I don't want to be thought well of because I want like praise and accolades. I just yeah. want your respect because I respect yeah. you. Well, you have it. 
I mean, you know, and uh, it's for a gazillion different reasons, you know, for me, at least. I mean, I mean, you're obviously a blast to talk to and hang out with and all that stuff. And for the most because part, I'm funny as shit and all people fun. love me. Old people love you and, and I love you too. And it, and you know, it's one of those things where we don't actually spend a ton of time talking about like all this serious stuff. Most of the time we're just trying to make each other laugh. Right. Like that's sort of where it's at. And um, it is like all that. turtles all the way down. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So that's like, that's like a hundred percent where it's at for me, but like knowing your story, the little that I've known, plus the pieces I've learned sort of just now and all that different stuff. I mean, I personally do find you to be, um, inspirational and, and, um, and in a way, like, look, that's kind of what friends are supposed to do for each other. Right. Like, um, there are times where like, I don't feel like moving and then I can think to myself, like, okay, well, what are the good things I have in my life? And, you know, you're one of them. And then I can be like, okay, now I feel a little better and I feel like I can get up and get moving and stuff. And that's kind of like, where that's I'm going to text Cat, and she'll tell me a disgusting dick joke, and then I'll be happy again. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I fucking look around, like, the world right now, and it's awful. And it's so fucking scary, and there's, like, all this shit going on, and um, it's just completely terrifying all the time. But then when you have a moment where you, like, connect with someone, and it's like, oh, this is, like, a really amazing human being, then you can kind of feel better about where the world's at and where it's going and stuff. So um, that's kind of, like, my mindset, at least. But, um, um, okay. So two hours, 17 minutes in, um, some, with some part that we're going to take out. How are well, you and All that intro stuff in the beginning stuff too. You did a whole lot of explaining how it was going to go. That's at least 10 or 15 minutes. So you can I think we'll time. leave that in because that's great banter. <laughs> I think we'll leave that part in. I'm going to, I'm going to bleep out your daughter's name. Some of the name. best jokes are in there. Some of the best. I know. It's great. It's great. I'm going to, I'm going to bleep out your daughter's name. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Like anything else you want to, like bring forward in this in this first conversation between us um i don't know anxiety's rough it's some shit brains are dicks yeah but you know keep on swimming and all that shit right silver lining you said it man you know what's you know what's kind of funny like not haha funny but maybe ironic funny is um it's something that my therapist has been like kind of pointing out to me a lot recently is that like I, I I'll beat myself up for like my brain forcing me to like climb into bed and not get up and not want to move or anything like that. And, um, and she's like, but what if that's your brain? Like just forcing you to do like what it is that you actually a hundred percent need to do. You know, it's like all the, like the old uh, adage of, um, you know, like you're on the roof of a house and it's been a hurricane and the water's up and you're like, please God, like, you know, save me from this house. And then like a boat comes by and is like, Hey, do you want to ride? And you're like, no, I'm waiting for God. And the boat drives off. And then, um, and then, uh, oh, hang on a second. That's my eight thirty alarm. And then, um, yep. and then, uh, a helicopter comes by and, uh, and, and it's like, Hey, we'll give you a lift. And you're like, no, I'm waiting for God. And then, uh, finally God comes and is like, what the fuck? I sent the boat. I sent the helicopter. You know, right. <laughs> like, all stuff. I kind of feel that way about depression where it's like, you know, I was feeling a lot of stress and then my back went out and uh, I like, but then I like, you know, laid on a tennis ball for a little bit and then got up and just like kept moving. And then like, I was feeling like more stress. And then like, I started like getting stomach pains and, um, and I still didn't like stop moving. And my final, final, my body was like, you know, sending me all these awful thoughts and forced me to lay still. And it was because like, it was the laying still that like I had to do that I wasn't doing. Until my body, until my body was just like, fuck you, asshole, lay still. And then my brain turned into a dick. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like right. there's something right. kind of interesting about that path, right? Right. Like, well, you know, anxiety is what kept, you know, the crudes alive for so long, but you got to leave the cave eventually, right? <laughs> See, yeah. look at me. I'm referencing kids' cartoons again. See? See how that goes? Brilliant. Looking but you know what? You know what's funny is all these movies that I've referenced, Incredibles, uh, Ratatouille, The Crude. These are my favorite movies. My kids not super into them. My daughter only likes what they sing. So. Yeah. <laughs> did you have you ever? Um, uh, did you ever see Up? Of course. The first ten minutes of Up are horrific. The first ten oh minutes. Oh my of god! Up nothing makes me cry more than the first ten minutes of Up. I know. I can't Mom, handle maybe the first, the first like three minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy. That one just got me the other day too. I can't handle the, the first 10 minutes of up. Yeah. The first 10 minutes of guardians of the galaxy when his mom dies, it's like completely awful. Mm-hmm. The first 10 minutes. And he of will up. hold his hand, he'll yep. hold her hand. And then the first 10 minutes of up, it's the worst. It breaks my it's heart. the worst. It's, it's so heartbreaking. Um, and then I'm but, going, maybe I don't ever want to be in love again. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Why fall in love when they're going to die? <laughs> and then the, the other one is Wally. I I love Wally so much. Wally. I love Wally. Eva. So they have to do the voices. Eva. She likes to do the voices. Eva. Eva. And then she's like, Wally. I love Wally. That's the whole thing. Do the voices. God. Oh, I love it. The whole like Pixar thing. It's got some yeah. good stuff there. It's so great. It's so great. But uh, anyway, so um, look at uh, we'll see like how much this episode tortures you internally. <laughs> so, uh, like we'll just it went better that. than I thought it would. It was okay. There were Good. some parts that I, I know I struggled for words. It's like I, it's just it's hard to tell my story authentically without telling the parts that are about other people because You're other not. people affect your story, you know. But I yeah. also don't want to like. Yeah. I don't want to blame anyone else for any of my shit. I had, I, you know, like. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to hear your voice in the same way that I hear your voice. Because like, like, uh, it took me like a while, like doing the shit to be like comfortable, just like hearing me talk. Because I don't sound externally how I feel like I sound internally at all. Um, (laughs) Like listening to yourself on a tape recorder. Yeah. that, That part's like pretty crazy. So like, I expect like to feel like there might be some anxiety, like, um for me and you to like publish this episode you know what i mean so um if there is and we don't publish it obviously that's fine but if there if there is a manageable amount and then you kind of like like having it out there and it feels good having it out there then um i think we can just do this like every once in a while you know what i, I don't mean? think like, that's anything that anyone's going to be interested in listening to but i think I, it I went could, okay <laughs> i could give two shits because like i'm not doing this for anyway. I'm doing it because it's i like fun. that it's fun and uh, and it's kind of enjoyable. But do you want to hear something cool? So the um the last episode of uh the the bleeped episode of jokes that we put out about uh-huh. the Lane Davis joke. So I I published uh-huh. I put a little post on my Instagram. Um, um, and I added him, I added Billy Wayne Davis in the post saying like, you know, check out this thing at Billy, you know, we cover this joke by at Billy Wayne Davis. He fucking, he liked my post. And then, <gasps> he did not. He did. And then I met, I like, inst, I like Insta messaged him. That. What do you call it? I like private messaged him, DM'd him on Instagram. I was like, <gasps> thank you for liking my post. That was really nice of you. By the way, I'm half hillbilly. I'm like, I'm, I'm like a Jew billy. And he was like, that's quite a combo. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I was like, half my family grew shit that my other half of the family couldn't eat. Um, and huh. I was like, can't wait to see you on the live show one day. And, uh, he liked all the th- three of those things. So like, we fucking like talked on Instagram. And OMG. Shit. How cool is that? Isn't that cool? 
That's just really freaking cool. That is so freaking cool. Look at you in your little moment. That is awesome. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, so we'll see where it goes. But, like, honestly, like, I'm not doing this for listeners. I'm doing it because it's, like, kind of fun and interesting and all that stuff. So, right. Um, and, and plus, kind of like, yeah, it's really therapeutic. So, if you feel that way, and then, like, I say, like, sometime in, like, November or so, like, or who knows what the fuck, let's record again and kind of see where we're at and just shoot the shit and see how things are going. Right? This went well, so I'm not opposed to that in any way, shape, or form. Good. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad. Next thing you know, Yay! you're going to have a pod of your own. Maybe we should do a pod oh, together. God. I have, oh, like, God. I have, I don't have the time for this, but I have on occasion, like, just had a little fun thinking about how fun it would be if, like, me and you did, like, a YouTube gaming channel type deal. <laughs> I die a lot. <laughs> I, I, I do, too. Um, but I just think we'd be really funny and I think, I think, uh, it'd be fun to do that shit. But then also it's like hours and hours of editing and all this right. shit. Right. Don't know how right. to do, you know, but I uh, a very fun. large portion of the reason why my gaming experience is as positive as it is because I'm usually the barnacle on my friend's butt and like <laughs> keeps me from dying. I'm like, thank you so much. Like I, 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 my entire gaming experience would suck. So much worse if I wasn't being like handheld. <laughs> I don't, I don't like even really play games anymore except for Minecraft with my daughters. But, um, but uh, I'm like a horror addict. Like it's a problem. Like I stay up too late. I had to. Did I tell you about my old lady mouse? I had to buy an old lady mouse. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, vertical mouse because I've been playing this mouse like dungeon crawler that I'm super fucking obsessed with. My wrist started to hurt, so I had to get like an ergonomic. It's the best gaming mouse though. It has all these like. <laughs> I'm, 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 that is me actively reining it in i have like a problem i was like i was like uh, uh my my friend turned me on to this and i'm like a fucking crackhead and like this uh, <laughs> more, like, what's, that, what's dave Chappelle's crackhead character <laughs> yeah yeah the only the only like it's funny i guess i don't like play video games but the only thing i really watch like actively watch is uh it's youtube Neeb's, games, right yeah like, neebs gaming youtube the neebs gaming youtube channel and they play, they play Minecraft. They play this game called uh, Seven Days Survival. It's like a zombie game where there's like a big horde every seven days. And it's this mm-hmm. building game. And you go around and try to just try to figure out how to survive it while you build and gather resources. And they play this game called Ark Survival or something. Right. There's like dinosaurs. And they play this game called um, Scrap Mechanic Survival or something like that. And, um, and that's like just what I watch now and it, and it's so enjoyable because they're fucking hilarious. And, um, and they're just, you know, this is like what they do for a living. They play video games with each other. They just live in these alternate worlds and like act out these characters and it looks, it looks so fun. So right, um, I love watching like good people play. Especially yeah. if they've got good commentary. <laughs> yeah, if they're like nice and seem down to earth. and I, like I don't, you know. I don't really watch like anyone random on YouTube though. Like I, yeah. I haven't like, I don't know. But, oh man, yeah. I got sucked into Neves Gaming, man, and and they had a lot of videos I didn't watch, so I like went through like whole like hundreds of episodes leading up to where they are now, um, and was like really addicted to just I like wasn't getting any shit done because I was like catching up. Really <laughs> so funny. Need the next video, all twitchy. <laughs> yeah, I might send you. I'll text you because they what caught me onto them was they did like a they do like these like long perpetual narrative arcs with certain games, but then there's a couple games where they have like. They just play like four or five, 
you know, they, they do like a couple playthroughs and turn it into like a four hour something or other. And there was just one that like really caught my attention, which is two of them. And um, it's fucking hilarious. Like I'll send it to you and see if, uh, see if you dig it too, but anyway. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but um, you know, thank you so much for your time. Obviously like, you know, I, I love you so much and uh, definitely the best thing to come out of quarantine, the online dating. Thanks for asking and asking and asking and asking until I felt like I had to say yes because it actually was really cool. And saying fuck it was a good thing. There you go. There you go. Well, I knew that there was a yes in your no. <laughs> well, because most of my reason was like, you're going to have to like handheld, handhold me through this. Like, lead me. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And you're going to have to rein me in. And I'm going to yeah. get nervous and do verbal diarrhea. And I know I'm going to say something that I shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think you've said, I can't think of anything except for your daughter's name, which I'll bleep out. But I can't think of anything that you said um that we might want to take off i mean maybe you'll yeah, I listen think, i think i did okay i yeah, i, I uh, had to get real quiet and real careful with my words a few times but... i think you did really well i think you did really well and the, and the folks who might be offended are not going to find you because we're just going to call you you know the woman for my first murdered. name and then don't yeah. tag me in it no <laughs> i'm not tagging tag you at all. No, no i'll put <laughs> something up on like I'll put something up on my Instagram, but I won't tag you at Yeah, all. post it, but don't tag me. Yeah, I'll like yeah. it. For sure. For sure. Oh, man. All right, all right. So I'll, I'm gonna... I'll, I'll definitely share it with people that I, you know, my friends. But... Perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right, so I'm going to press stop recording, but we won't hang up. We'll keep talking. All right. Okay.